0: And welcome to the latest edition of the TetraCast. My name is Zach Reese. I'm your host. It is the August 18th, 2018 edition. Joining me today is James Galizio. Hello. Hello. We've got the return of Adam Vitale.
1: I'm back.
0: Back. Baby. Welcome back. Welcome back, baby. Uh, and we've also got a special guest. We've got Alex seedhouse
1: I've,
2: I've invaded from the UK.
0: Yes. From Nintendo Insider. But of course, you've helped us on the site a number of times uh mm-hmm. most notoriously, they are shadow of war reviews so that's <laughs> i don't know
2: oh man that game oh yeah, yeah 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 Not
0: sad. <laughs> actually speaking of which have you gone back since they made all those changes to like the, the loot crates and stuff like that have you ever gone back to it ever wanted to
2: um i i played the dlc um which was actually pretty good i can't remember the names of it is it Song of Glad- Blade of Gladriel, I think? All I, I think remember I is one
1: of the DLCs you play as a female elf, the other you play yeah. as a black, like, Gondorian.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've done the female elf one, and that one was pretty good. She had some pretty cool... Uh, it's many, like, changes to the combat, like, those DLC. I haven't played the second one, so I can't talk to that. But the first one, definitely, the combat changed quite dramatically in terms of... um, Basically, used, like, the light of Gladriel to, like, uh kill enemies and that was quite cool and i quite enjoyed that but i don't know i think because the game itself was quite long you know it's kind of like any kind of game in that genre like assassin's creed all those kind of games they take a long a long time to go through especially with collectibles yeah uh, which i had to hunt out for the
1: guides that was fun um yeah but yeah like back in june or may they took out like the in-game store like all the in game transactions kind of and like revamped all the whole i guess post game or however you however they describe it yeah. so I don't know like if it's better now or what <laughs> the biggest problem um, i' haven't, I haven't gone back to
2: that a bit. basically like in the in the game you, you play through it um you kind of get encouraged to, well before they removed it you got encouraged to kind of spend money on microtransactions but never in a way that felt forced like you could do it if you wanted to but you didn't really need to. And then uh, you got to the end of the story, uh, as, mu- as far as you're aware. And there's basically like a big kind of like end game part where um, one of the big parts of that game is that you take over keeps and then your keeps get attacked and you have to defend them. And that whole like end game section is just constantly attacking and defending keeps. Ugh. And um, because you have like so many of them, you have to have like orcs. Uh, that are strong enough to defend against uh, stronger uh, enemies, and that's where you kind of felt a bit forced to spend money to get like stronger orcs in your own army. Um, for me, though, like when I was playing it, I, I at, at that point I, I'd already built quite a lot of orcs. I just kind of spread them a bit around all the um, all the keeps, and and not to uh, blow my own trumpet, but I, I kind of at that point was pretty good at the game as well. So because you're fighting in those battles, you as the player can quite easily sway um, the situation to a winner or a loss. Hmm. So I never really felt like I needed to spend money. I mean, I was glad that they removed them, but um, I know it's quite divisive with the reviews that a lot of people felt like it was the kind of thing that ruined the game for them. But for me, it wasn't really as much of an issue. But no, I haven't. (laughs) The short answer... I haven't gone back to that, that kind of part of the game to see... I mean, obviously, it'll make it better for people because they don't have to spend the money, but...
0: Um. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you yourself, uh, in the review that you did for us, uh, obviously, you've done a lot more content for us than just that, but I feel like it's worth talking about since it's the first time uh, you've been on our podcast since that whole thing happened, um, hmm. that, you know, as more and more games become part of this, like, you know, games as a games-as-a-service type of initiative, uh, and all the backlash that comes with it, of course, like... EA still suffering from that with Battlefront 2 that you know it also means that we have to continue to uh, assess I guess about how we approach reviews fortunately for yours um you approached it where that didn't bother you that much, that, that aspect of the mm. game, uh, the, uh, in-source stuff. I don't know if it's also because maybe you're, I don't know if, uh, if numb to it is a word, uh, is a way to put oh. it, but, um, it's, it's just that now it's kind of like, that's par for the course with a lot of these games. But, you know, since it didn't make a big impact, it's not like I'm saying, you know, maybe we should consider re-reviewing games if they make big enough changes. But to be fair, I mean, patches for games have been happening since, like, Final Fantasy XI. So I think it'd be kind of bizarre to start now where, you know, it's people like, oh, man, it's all much better now. You should go back, change things, make the score better, or something stupid like that. So, you know, I, I was well, I was always um, interested in the conversations around that kind of stuff. I don't know if... Uh, and, of course, you run Nintendo Insider. Is that anything you've ever thought about at all?
2: Um... I mean, the the problem with games these days is that, uh, as you say, a lot of them are quite, you know, this kind of approach to like live content in the sense that you buy the game and they're trying to keep you engaged with it for longer than just, oh, I've completed a story. I'm done. I'm going to move on to the next game. Yeah. And that comes through uh, DLC, which is something that, you know, we've all experienced with games. Uh, With MMOs, it's expansions. You know, you've got the recent World of Warcraft 1. Um, a game I've never really properly dipped into. Um, I don't think now's the right time to. So no. It seems a bit daunting. But um, the weird thing for me, though, is like it's when you kind of get a game that releases and then you get, uh, as it progresses over time, you get like new modes, um, balances yes. as well, I, all that kind of stuff, which, you know, back in our day when we were growing up, when we were playing on older generations of consoles, when a game kind of landed on a cartridge, that was it. Uh, whereas now, is. and obviously it's been going on for the, the last couple of generations, but it, it's this retweaking of actual the base content as well that makes it hard. It's not necessarily like the um, the reactions. You know, like everybody hated the microtransactions in Shadow War that it became a negative focal point that you could say may may have affected sales because people were like, "Oh, I'm not going to play that if there's you know if that's in there." Yeah, um, and they'll be like, "Right, well let's let's just remove it." Um, but to me, it's more the, the content, like, right? Nintendo-wise, you've got games... I mean, Nintendo themselves, you know, typically would put out a game, and that would be it. Um, and then in the Wii U era, ha, huh, the Wii U era, oh, God. Remember that era? Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, oh, no, that no. was terrible. The yeah. Dark, dark Days. <laughs> dark
0: Days, for um, Nintendo sites.
2: You, you, know, you had games like Smash Bros. Like, Sputum, you had the live content coming through of, of new yeah. stages and weapons. Um, Smash Bros. You had your DLC characters. You got Cloud
1: in there. Way, uh, even, all even games like even like a single player game like Xenoblade Two. And I'm not even talking about like oh, yeah. the the DLC yeah. they're putting out for it. Not just the DLC, but things like they've since launched. They've 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 made the map better. It's still mm-hmm. not great, to be honest. But it's better than it was. It's got like a zoom feature now. Um, there's uh. They've improved performance a little bit. Um, there's things like the unique monsters, like the gravestones will actually tell you like their name now. Like that was kind of like a huge oversight when the game first launched. Like when you're looking for a unique monster, you're like, which one was it again? I have no idea. And there's like no way to find out. Um, yeah. so, like they even like a single player RPG like that, they've updated enough. To the and even things like you you can skip through some dialogue like when you're doing some blade stuff in the menu, so it doesn't it's not as tedious to unlock cores to to release blades or shuffle them around to do the merc missions. Like I feel like they upgraded that game enough. It's almost like a whole point better than what I would have uh, like scored it if I had reviewed it. So like even stuff like that, not talking about DLC content. um, You know, you didn't get that back in the day.
0: I mean so. the the problem, I mean, if we're talking about Nintendo stuff, and I know C D you got plenty to talk about <laughs> regarding this, but like, you know, Breath of the Wild, hard difficulty, locked behind a paywall, that's like kind of frustrating because people would <clears> like <throat> to enjoy that. Nino Kuni too, uh, you know, people talked about how that game uh, had problems with the the difficulty balance. It was way too easy. They added difficulty modes as part of a free update. And so that's I think like, there's a couple examples of games where like it got better over time. I mean, we have a very recent example of a game that completely transformed itself, No Man's Sky. I mean, definitely it's been building up for a couple years now since it first came out. But you know, the most recent next update completely helped that game uh, turn around and get on people's good sides again. I mean, obviously there's still people that are uh, smarting from the original release but that's a big problem. Um and yeah, you mentioned Splatoon. I mean Street Fighter 5 is like the worst example of like, like dropping a game with almost no content and then patching that stuff in trying to get people happy again. It's that was like probably the, the worst case of that. But also I would say, you know, there's definitely cases where it goes the opposite direction. For me, uh Neo is a prime example of a game that hurt itself by its updates. Um, you know, I mean, it's actually kind of funny mention Nino Kuni too. Like, we're not even going to see whatever the season pass stuff is until likely next year, anyway, because of the uh, the patches. They did put out that patch recently. I know you play Nito Kuni too, so you know.
1: What did, I'm talking did you about. Did, did you did you do that at all? No, because it's just a Dream it's, Door
0: stuff. It's not that. It's
1: basically they added. I did it. They basically added like ten floors to the post game dungeon, and there's like harder enemies and a harder boss at the end. But it's yeah. it's, a, it's a dragon boss which you've already fought. It's just takes longer to take down and it hits harder and it's like oh okay <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i'm in it for the story <laughs> <Is> it... <laughs> so that's yeah that's
1: totally
2: I, I, I bought the uh, the ni kuni 2 is it king's edition the one that came with all the fans yeah it comes what? with yeah. a season
1: pass and i'm like and it took I'm... them forever to just yeah, to I'm say anything like... at all about it yeah I, I think the thing with level five is
2: that i, I don't know employee wise how many people they have there but they have so many projects going on they've got what yo i watch four coming out they've got yes. a, a new xima 11 game uh, is Ares, I think, coming out?
0: Yeah, for the Switch um, and that big supposed MMO-sized uh, game that they're working on that they've been talking about know, for I a just, while, or at least been hints about for a while.
2: I, I just feel like, I mean, to me, like in terms of art style, um, the original Nina Cooney and obviously the, the second one building yeah. on it, um, it's absolutely beautiful, and I like, lo- I yeah. want them to use that engine on more games. So part of me is like, please move on and do something else. Um, but equally, I'm kind of like, hey, I spent quite a lot of money on this King's Edition. And I want to kind of <laughs> you know, know what's, what I'm going to get to like, you know, spend more time in a in a world that is probably one of my favorite play, kind of uh, game worlds that I've in, in an RPG. Yeah. I think the original yeah. Nakuni had a bit more personality. Um, yeah, yeah. I obviously did, the did. European voices hell, you know, the Welsh and all that kind of stuff. That was great. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a bit weird to me when the company goes silent about stuff like that.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I mean, I don't know if it's that they had to make the plan, their plans change, but yeah, it's like I'm not interested in, necessarily in that Dream Door stuff. It's like I'll wait till early next year, apparently, when the story content comes, because that's what I, I'm curious about being an RPG fan, but also very much a story fan. But just mentioning about Neo, it's that uh, what happened was that, and this is something I've ranted plenty of times about, but uh, the base game that you can buy. Uh, that was perfectly fine. Like, I had a really great time with it. I only had an issue. Like, Kyle was on, on the podcast before talking about how, like, he had some of the same problems I had where they repeated a lot of the monsters. Like, the first boss shows up in multiple side quest missions. And later in the game as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, but in the post-game, uh, the DLC for the season pass that came out, there was three, con- three uh, content updates. And they were all mostly that kind of content where, like, you you have to uh, get through the little bit of story stuff, which is about three, four hours long, and then all the side content is like, all right, now face two of the bosses or three of the bosses that you fought before, even five or six of them uh, in a row, like a boss rush uh, as part of a quest, and then palette swap it around for other monsters that are slightly stronger for some reason. Uh but then they added uh every time they they added a new difficulty, you had to play through the game entirely to get to that new story content uh, to get to that next difficulty level um and that would bake that would take about thirty hours around 20-30 hours just to do that. I mean if you skipped everything maybe shorter but then that would also they would introduce new uh armor sets as part of that and so you're creating these gigantic builds uh with a, every these uh d l c content updates that were part of the season pass. And then they would nerf everything after that, and so like every content update, there was a huge nerf that took care of everything. They put out like maybe fifteen, twenty patches for that game, maybe way more. And all every single patch update was a huge change list, like gigantic. It's like clearly they don't know how to organize a game. So it's like I hope that Neo, Neo Two figures that out, but you know, Ni no Kuni Two is an example of a game that you know that that got better as a result of those updates. And yeah, Xenoblade Two as well. Uh, with the Rare Blades, like, a lot of these free updates that they put out, too, is pretty great. And, like, they were pretty amazing ones, too. Talking about, like, Xenosaga characters, uh, it, that's nuts. Um, But, you know, it, it's weird that, like, we'd go back and look at these games. Like, I gave Neo a 9 out of 10. And if I would take care of, like, all the updates that came with it, I would have scored it a lot lower, I think. Maybe, like, a 6 or a 5, based on my... Uh, uh, my experience with that game. But I'm glad at least that we don't actually do that, honestly, because it's like, if we do that and make the changes, it'll be like, almost like we're forgiving the developer or the publisher for doing that kind of stuff. And I don't think we want to go in that direction.
2: Yeah. And I mean, in a way, like as long as you're making people aware, you know, through your, you know, people that follow you on Twitter or, or maybe a news article or something that, that a game has changed and whether it's better or worse, or yeah, like, an, an or on piece PC. Or
0: <laughs> So yeah. I,
2: yeah. I think that, that educates people enough to know that it's you know it's be made better or worse um i mean what you're saying is basically if, if neo comes to nintendo switch i, I shouldn't play it basically
0: <laughs> uh, i mean it's also <laughs> like um i mean you can look at it another way in that publishers like the, the vast majority of the sales for a game publisher is maybe like in the first month or two and so after that mm-hmm. it's not as big a deal so i wonder if part of it that they went silent is like all right, now we're in the appeasement stage. <laughs> now we have to make yeah. sure that fans carry through to the sequel or something.
2: This is the weird thing with Inikuni 2, though, because I feel like I don't think it did particularly well in Japan. And it no. probably did okay in um, in the West, I think. Uh, I think it collectively did better between, in the West, yeah. Yeah, you know, North America, which has... That's surprising. Uh, and Europe, you know, kind of flourishing interest in, in anime-style... Well, anime, full stop, but then anime-style games you know obviously would pique that kind of interest um i i think because they saw perhaps that it hadn't done as well they kind of maybe were like uh you know <laughs> like and then, then the back burner was like right well there is a season pass but no one kind of bought it so let's not worry too much and then it's like they probably suddenly realized that oh wait a minute they forgot about it and they are like we need to do some content and then they're kind of doing that now for the next year but i mean uh, just to kind of touch on Xenoblade 2 again, um, when I was reviewing that, um, am I allowed to talk about Xenoblade spoilers? Has is it, is it been long enough now?
0: Uh, I mean, maybe speaking If you're listening, um, skip ahead about four minutes. How long <laughs> are you going to be talking? How about speak broadly it's, about it? How about that? Like, it, just try to it's, dance it's around it's a lo- little bit. Yeah,
2: it's, it's a location, and it's not going to be a particular surprise right from the beginning of the game, but it's a late-game location. So if you're worried, skip ahead by... Thirty seconds whilst I mention it, and then you'll be able to listen to me waffle on about something else. Um, but basically, towards the end of the game, you eventually go to the world tree, and you have to basically go up the world tree um, as you reach kind of the end of the story. And I got I got massively stuck. I was like, um, I reached a point where uh, there's a lift you have to get to, and as you kind of move towards the lift, these like massive kind of like mech enemies appear, um, and their levels were like higher than my my party, and I was just stuck, and I was like, "This is ridiculous." Mm. and when you're reviewing a game, obviously you're pressured to like um, see as much as you possibly can preferential to complete a game before the embargo um, hits, um, because that's when people read the reviews the most, everything kind of drops, and I just couldn't get past it and one of the post kind of game support. Uh, the, the most recently came to the to the game was this this kind of difficulty modifier. I don't know sliders, if you played around yeah. with it. Yeah, all the slide, and it's just mental. It's like if I had that, like, I would have <laughs> slid everything down temporarily, beat that section, and then slid everything back up to default. But... <laughs>
0: it's it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> um... Because like you know that's that's like the biggest struggle also is that like what difficulty do I set it at to do this review? Sometimes I feel inclined just to go to the yeah. easiest and just try to yeah. blitz my way. Uh, like Disgaea, for example, in D two and in five, they have what's called like the cheat shop, which lets you adjust the difficulty of the enemies and your own particular level. And there's ways to break that game too, like stacking up enemies in Disgaea five and then attacking, uh, uh, stacking up your party up really high and attack enemies that are super high level. Everyone levels up in that stack, and so that's a way to like cheese your way through parts of that game. So I, I was, it, I'm, I'm. It, it does depend. Though.
1: Like talking about difficulty levels, like for example, I have two examples. Um, both games are games you can change it at will. Um, one is Etrian Odyssey Five. So I had played most of the rest of the series like shortly before that, and when I was playing it on its normal difficulty, just to me it felt easier than mm. games in the past like for, like it felt you know it felt like i was playing on a previous games easy mode on the on the new game's normal mode so i bumped it up um and i basically said that outright in my review like hey this is my experience i don't know if other people will have the same experience as me um but i felt it was a little easier on its default and then there's um Radiant Historia where i felt the original game the, on DS was a little too easy um so i personally knocked it up to hard and it was, you know, a little bit, it was a little bit more uh, frustrating in, in, in ways, you know, kind of, you kind of expect it to be a little bit more resistant. Um, but I, I, I appreciated that. But I also read another review from another uh, writer that he actually really preferred turning it down to, like, basically the no difficulty mode, where it basically yeah, sure. becomes a visual novel, right? Yeah. Where in that game, what you do is you literally, like, you just hit the enemy on, like, the field map before you go into battle. And it literally just skips the battle. And it just, okay, you get the experience, you get the money, you didn't have to do the fight. Wow. Um, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know if I could play that way, honestly. I mean, yeah, I'm so like, busy, but that's way too <laughs> and much. It is, but that's the that's sort of thing like, well, the option is there. You know, if you're like me, you turn off the difficulty, you spend a little bit more time in combat. But I liked it. For him, he's just wanted to experience, maybe re experience the game again, and just basically turned it into a, a story game. You know, just skip the fights.
0: I mean, yeah. I, and I would, I would say the counter argument there would be like, what if they had made balance changes? Because I don't think anybody can speak on the difficulty curve of a game or the challenge of it if they're playing it on the easy mode. Like Nioh no two, uh, correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. There's no difficulty level until they patch that in.
1: It was just yeah, like, it's there now, but beforehand yeah, there was not
0: scaled. Yeah, so I think that. That's I think that'd be a personally I would I would be totally against the idea of somebody just playing a uh, reviewing a game on a casual mode even if it's like they're trying to get through it because at that point if you're skipping battles you ex- even if you're like reviewing it again like like radiant historia perfect chronology for the 3ds you're playing a remastered version I think that's still like not a good idea I don't know if it's that maybe he played a chunk of it and is like okay now I know what this is like now I can switch it to casual mode. Is there any way to change the difficulty in Radiant Historia?
1: Perfect. Yeah, you can change it any. Oh no! I-, I think maybe if you set it to that easiest mode, you're stuck there. Yeah, I think. Uh, and like the other, the other two modes, like normal and hard, you can switch between. Oh, okay. um, you can scale down. I, can think, scale I think. I think. I think they probably do that to avoid people like abusing the system, like turning it to the to the basically the no difficulty mode like sure. skipping battles to get a bunch of money and then changing it up again or something. I don't that's know. Yeah, that's completely cheesing it.
0: I mean, I, I don't want to like be, sit here and lecture people about how they're supposed to review a game because we get that all the damn time in our comments. But I'd, probably, <laughs> I'd rather, you know, it's like at the bare minimum, I think you should just go with whatever the default is. That's what I would think would be probably the best. Or just
1: know. be straightforward with it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: I mean, like, like...
1: I, I can't like, think of an example offhand, but there have been a couple of games, I don't think I was reviewing them, where I wasn't really enjoying the game. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna set it to easy, just so I can finish it. Like, yeah, I'm kind of cheating myself out of, you know, challenge. But I'm not no. really enjoying it, anyways. I just kind of want to get through it, and I don't know. Yeah, like, I can see think, that. Don't, don't speak to it. Yeah, I think, yeah,
2: I think the, the pressure as well with, our, with RPGs, and this is something that you all know um, far better than me, because it's something that you focus on, and I have um, a mixture of different games. Um, some mm-hmm. Anyway, um, but the problem for people who don't typically review them uh, as perhaps a constant or a, regular, a regularity is that um, they often don't know kind of how to deal with them. So yeah, if something... They're you know, so yeah. Yeah. You know, like RPGs can be pretty tough. Like, you know, you kind of... If it's one that's heavily reliant on leveling and grinding, you know, people hit a wall and it's like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And they just, you know, if, if you're not kind of used to that, you just kind of stop. Yeah, And so, I guess with the difficulty levels, what I'm trying to say is that a lot of reviewers who perhaps aren't used to the genre or are older and have less time to kind of put into a game would be more tempted to drop it down to a lower setting. But equally for me, I think that you should approach it, um, approach a game for review in a way that you are a consumer. You know, it's like yeah. if, if you are someone who doesn't play RPGs and you're trying to get into one, and this is your first RPG, you should be playing it in a way that um, so you can highlight that, you know, if you get through to this game, I got towards the end of it and it got pretty goddamn tough. You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, Rather than being yeah, like, yeah. if you play it on easy, you're just going to have an easy ride all the way through. You can enjoy the story, but you never really feel challenged. And obviously with games, I think for most people, it's that it's the mental challenge and the kind of uh, elation of overcoming Um a challenge you know, in the sense that you know you, you feel like you've got past something on your own merit rather than the game just being forgiving on you
0: oh yeah so, i mean that's that's the problem right there it's it's
2: tough but yeah i don't know it, it's just <laughs> difficulty I, i'm glad
1: that games give you the option um remind me seeking them. just your your uh, did octopath traveler have difficulty settings i do I'm
2: gonna live on think, the no. I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah. so yeah. I don't think
1: so. You actually—you yeah, no were talking movie. about like <laughs> grinding, and that came into mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to review, the
0: if, if you're going to review Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch in a couple months, maybe you'll tell us <laughs> where you ran yeah. into it.
2: I—I I played. I went the first time I played Dark Souls. Um, I played it for a little bit. Didn't really get into it very much. Um, I also did the same with Demon Souls on PS3. I imported that from Japan, so I think it came in. Yeah, i think had English. Yeah, i had
0: English. Yeah,
2: yeah. I had English. Um, Did. And I was so excited English for courses. it and I imported it and I, I tried playing it and I was like, what? what 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 do I have to do? I didn't <laughs> yeah. quite kind of get my head around at game. the time, it was such a different approach to a game. Um Dark Souls came along and I was like, right, let's give it another go. And I think I played it for like an hour or two, and I was just like, No, something's missing. But um my friend, when I used to live in London, um, my friend who is very he, he'll kept kind of play one uh 360 game he'll get all the achievements in it and then he move on to the next game
0: very <laughs> kind of methodical like that very familiar uh, with
2: that. for so- somehow so i think it was a, maybe a games with gold or something maybe but he got dark souls um and that was the kind of game he was going to do so i went over and we, we had like a i guess you'd call it a sleepover or something or i stayed over but we basically had two tvs next to each other um and we just both played through Dark Souls um and he in that time i got up to uh entering spoiler territory here again like a forest with a giant fairy in it. Is that yeah does that makes sense yeah is... i know what you're talking
0: about yeah
2: uh, and that's that's how far i got i don't know how far through it is um but that that's the point i reached but then he went on um after i left to um get a, th- a thousand g or however much you get in it you got every achievement in it. I think it's a thousand I, I just, was the base, I don't yeah. I understand.
0: Yeah. And then he went on and did Dark DLC. Souls
2: 2 as well. He did Dark Souls 2, every achievement. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> Man, I um, guess that's That must be much. pretty
2: tough. Yeah. Um, but, but I... Just kind of the two of us playing that game, though, made it click for me because we were kind of learning off each other. Like, you know, if one person uh, got caught out by something, the other person was like, oh, okay, I know what's coming up now. A
0: skeleton in the corner, that, yeah. That <laughs> so...
2: And I guess I kind of always hope for, a, I don't know, I wouldn't work, with would it? Um, I was going to say, multi- I don't know how the multiplayer works in Dark Souls. Cause I always see people saying they're getting, like, um, someone invades their world and they have to kill them or something. There's no, like, cooperative multiplayer, is there? I mean,
0: that's got, I mean there there is a way to, yeah, it is, it was, it, there is you, you cooperative play. You can summon play. people to yeah. help out
2: on bosses. Oh, yes. so, so is it like SOS, SOS flares? And something like that. Yeah. World, something like that. Yeah,
0: like I mean, it, in, I in Neo, much, really. you can straight yeah. up like the first <laughs> shrine. You can somebody to help to help you out through that particular stage, and then they leave after that stage. That so that's an example of like straight up co-op. Right. But you have to have beaten the stage. Both of you, I think it was like I think both people had to have beaten the stage beforehand, or at least you had to beaten it, and then you can go back and help somebody. It's really it was a big mess. So
2: yeah, I, mean, I guess the souls mechanic of the fact that you die, uh, you have to make it back to your body to get the souls. If it was like a co-op game. That would become a little easier. Yeah. But I, I kind of always wish those games had a uh, a bit more of a firmer cooperative option. I mean, the, the only one I've ever completed up until now is uh, Bloodborne. Like, I played that all the way through, and I mucked up the ending I, was so um, I think it's some people. I was trying, people, to, tro- I think, yeah, some trying to get all trying the trying trophies. Go. Go ahead. Um I, I was trying to get all the trophies, and I ended up. Um, oh, I can't remember what it was. You get you get some kind of like body in, internal body part from some boss or something. I think I ended up eating it or something rather than giving it to a guy or something. <laughs> I just missed out on the trophy and I was so annoyed. So I was gonna, <laughs> I just to get the platinum. I was like,
0: platinum. I've killed NPCs on accident, on so I know what you mean. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's just uh, it was kind of one of those things of like, finally I've kind of overcome a Souls game kind of thing and also got a platinum for it. And I just mucked it up at the end, and I've just not gone. I've not gone back to it because so I'm just like I'm ashamed, living <laughs> yeah. in living in shame.
0: So I so, mean, um, just to bring it back, I was like I guess at that point, it's like, what do you do? Review the base game? Do review the DLCs for the season pass? At that point, like I guess it can get kind of overkill at some point um, if you're given so much coverage to a particular game when there's other stuff you could be covering. <laughs> and there's always like yeah, the deadlines. So we're talking about like time management for a lot of people. It's like how early do you happen to get a game? Like whether it's Dragon Quest Eleven, if you're going to get it like a week before it's out versus a month before it's out, you know, clearly there's ways you can kind of adjust for that with your free time for people to do this full time versus people who have a day job and do this whenever they've got some free time. So I yeah. totally get that argument as well. That it's sometimes these things are just not realistic. But as you said, uh, Adam, that as long as you're forthright about it uh, and how you approached it and your difficulty, like don't speak on the difficulty of a game if you didn't really mess with it. Uh, I think that might be a. a a decent rule to follow you know just speak on everything else that you have full experience with like the story and and the gameplay just don't get too deep into like the the difficulty hook it's like it was way too challenging well why didn't you just you know adjust the difficulty it was way too easy why don't you just bump it up to normal or hard or something like that you know i can totally Mm. get that too
2: yeah i I know that i know some reviewers that play pretty much every game they get on easy just to get through it and and that's okay for certain things, but...
0: Well, platformers, I mean, whatever, I think
2: for, I yeah, I mean, I think for, like, specifically, obviously, to RPGs, I, I definitely think that you need a bit more of a, an even look at, you know, when a game can get forgivingly easy versus when it can get unforgivingly hard. Um, and I kind of found that with Octopath Traveler, like... Well, yeah, actually, uh, I was just about to mention, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I, I kind of, you know, some battles would be, I, I mean, the one, the biggest gripe I have with that game, and it, it's probably silly to some people, was was that uh, if the characters were not in your party, they, they wouldn't level up. Um, yep, I, that I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that an RPG just absolutely frustrates me because um, the time that I'm putting into that game, which takes about 80 hours to complete in itself, um, you could, moving between game to game to game to, game to review, sometimes i mean i'm happy to sink time into a game but sometimes you want to kind of cut corner a little bit and if if all the party characters were leveling at the same time it would save you so many hours of having to grind out like that one character that's like level i know every else is level 30 and that one is like level five or whatever
1: um i think what kind of i I think in that case just to jump on what kind of exacerbates Mm -hmm. that problem is the way the final boss and the final like part of the game works, you have to have all characters kinda up to snuff. Yeah. Which yeah. is it it kind of like breaks the rules of the rest of the game in a way. Like you can you can basically you can almost play the whole game with like some main like like a like a like an A team and you yeah. just maybe swap out one character for like their for their uh Storylines or whatever, but then, like, the, when you get to that final section, you have to use everybody, and everybody has to have you know good equipment and good skill setups and things like that. When, like, you don't need that the rest of the game, it just kind of feels like it's almost betraying you <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Like, oh, now but, I need it, like, when I didn't yeah. need it for the last 70 hours, okay, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's just it's just it's when you have to swap in that, you know, it's that typical kind of RPG. I was gonna say trope, but it's probably not a trope, but you know, like you know, when you have to swap in that one character that's just completely weak compared to the rest of the party and so all you're doing is just concentrating on keeping them alive so they get the XP at the end of the, the battle yep. and they keep dying, so you're just like throwing, like, recovery items to revive them. <laughs> um, it's just like um, a lot of my time with Octopath Traveller whilst I was reviewing it um, was, was just spent, like, keeping that one person alive just to try and level them up a bit. Um when it's just, oh, it's just irritating. Um, it seems like it's such a weird bugbear to have with it in in the, in the grand scheme of it. When you know, maybe you you probably you know, listeners would probably think, well, surely you'd be talking about the story and the fact it's so fragmented or something. But mm. as a core mechanic, I mean, that's a different issue. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But as a core mechanic, it just it holds the the game back in a way that I you know, leading up until launch and everything, didn't expect it to. And then when I started playing it, it was like. Oh, this is a problem.
1: Actually, um, I actually have an anecdote on this. I don't think I talked about this. So I was playing um, Shining Resonance Refrain. Uh, Zach, you finished that, right? Yes. Okay, so um, in that game, characters also, there's no EXP share. Only the characters you use get it. Yeah. And there are nine characters in that game, and and you can only use four at a time. So, like if you wanted to use and level up everybody evenly it it takes a little bit of work you know to do that cuz you have you you can only you use less than half the party at any one time and then like you can go through most i went through like 85% of the game with just kind of like a core team that i stuck with you know cuz i didn't really want to bother like trying to train up other characters you know how to catch them up and then the game actually throws you one of those like sequences where now now you have to only use these two characters and they're, they're like 40 levels below everyone else and i died instantly <laughs> like oh great yeah and I that mean, actually yeah. that actually literally set me back like it was probably 2 or 3 hours so i had to okay gotta baby them up a bit cuz literally i have to use them um and it was you know like I, that type of thing doesn't like how do i put this it doesn't like, ruin the game for me, but just kind of, like, that's kind of annoying that I have to do that. And it actually makes me... It actually... It kind of relieves me to hear that, like, Dragon Quest Eleven coming up does share EXP. So, like, you can freely kind of just swap out your team, try out different combinations. You're not really penalized for not sticking with a a, a core team or anything like that. It's, like, it's just nice. <laughs> Uh, Yeah,
0: and I guess that also runs an issue. It's like if you're running into a situation like that when you're reviewing a game and you have to also spend extra time that you didn't foresee to grind your party because you didn't remember to do that. I guess it's also presented like how the game makes it it easier for the player. But I don't know. I just wanted to bring up this conversation because it's something that, uh, uh, you know, as someone who runs a Nintendo site like you do, uh, Alex, that you have to uh, look at all the different games you have to cover and do you want the balance act between going back and reviewing a game that maybe got progressively better, like Splatoon as you said before or Splatoon 2, when they get all these patches. Is that something you've ever considered doing though? Just to uh, kind of like wrapping up this conversation is that something you ever go back and like do you ever thought about think about reviewing patches or updates or anything like that?
2: Um... I don't think I'd ever go back and, and re-review a game because I feel like hmm. a, a game will only ever make an immediate impression on you the once that you, you play it through or spend time with it, depending on what it is, um, if it has an end to it or not. Um, and, and I kind of feel like once you kind of summarise your thoughts and then slap a the number on it, um, that kind of sticks. And then yeah. o- over time, I would, if the, I don't do enough of it. I don't find time to, but I, I would rather kind of turn to doing like an opinion piece or something about, um, you, know, yeah. how, how much an F, you know, how I
1: much an effort, I think can, people... I also. Mm. Yep. Sorry. sorry, I was gonna say like it depends on how you kind of view a review. Like a review isn't necessarily supposed to be like some objective, like description of the game as it is now. It's your experience with it. So like if your review is your experience with it before. It got updated then that's what it is like that's yeah, yeah. What it was, it's, so. it, it's
0: it's 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 exactly like that as you said like an opinion piece and if you go mm-hmm. back i mean i totally get the uh, um the point about reviewing ports of games because that's what we do and that's i think that's important for us because it also supports us as a site because people looking for a specific platform review uh, we've got it mm-hmm. and so we can we can show something like that off but also, we appear on sites like Metacritic and OpenCritic where, you know, if we did a review for the same game again, uh, you know, it wouldn't show up anywhere. So, like, who's really uh, going to, yeah. you know, see that? It's They only take the first review and, and call it a day. So even if we updated it, I mean, it would only be for, like, specific people that are curious about it. As you said, uh, CD, as long as you keep people informed about the changes that were made and, uh, you know, we have these discussions about, you know, I've actually had a little bit of a Better, better experience or like end of the year stuff like when we talked about when i talked about neo at the game of the year stuff last year i talked about my frustrations about the changes that were made that's probably for the best uh i just wanted to have this conversation because it's something that i always think about especially as games continue to do this at the top of thing where uh you know they, they really saw these big updates uh a lot of it pre-planned some of it not planned <laughs> so i'm i wonder if yep. even that nino cooney's two stuff was like the difficulty patches I mean... was ever planned
1: no even like God of War I think is getting uh a big update, like yeah. next week or something, like a single-player game. It's like New Game Plus, which you know, I don't know that how many people care about that, but uh, it's still getting. It's still, I mean, it's, it's a fairly significant thing, I think. So I'm still getting still need, those. I still need to finish New, game, <laughs> yeah, <playground>. new <laughs> game. get to the New
0: Game Plus. Well, let's let's uh, um, let's transition. that, that was now. a tangent. Yeah, yeah we no, don't I'm, normally start yeah. our
1: podcast like that, but I think that was a pretty good discussion, or yeah. just in general.
0: I actually had this this conversation. I actually had it written down because I wanted to talk about it since uh, Alex was on. So I have to pause because we always call you CD. So I'm like, uh, Alex. <laughs> so, yeah, Alex. Yeah, Alex is
1: usually our uh, our boss man, and then we have another Alex. Yeah, here. yeah. he goes
0: by CD. Yeah. Multiplying. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, well, and that actually that, this is, makes a good transition because um, we were talking about older games um, getting updates. Alex, you've been playing Bioshock One and Two. Uh, which version of that game have you been playing? Actually, the the bundle.
2: Uh, yes, yeah, so I bought. Um, I went into my local game store, which is the UK equivalent of GameStop, I guess, pretty much. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, and
1: it's just called Game,
2: right? Yeah. It's just called Game in capital letters. Yep. <laughs> not like Game. Your, your, your style guide should be capital letters. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Um, Take yeah, it down. <laughs> if it doesn't,
2: yeah. Um, it, it, so I was looking around for games, you know, I kind of was in that kind of summer thing of like, uh, with the Nintendo, with Nintendo Switch doing well, and um, there's a lot of games on the eShop, and so the pace of things that I'm playing is quite um quick. Um, I'm probably not keeping up well, I'm definitely not keeping up the reviews as, as well as I should do, but um, I wanted something just to kind of have a bit of a a palate cleanse, just to kind of go back to an old favourite. And yeah. I was walking around Game, just kind of trying to find something, and I, I saw uh, Bioshock the Collection, which was uh, I bought it pre-owned.
3: Ooh.
2: That's the preferred. But way, it was uh, fifteen British pounds, um, so it's pretty cheap. That's for not three bad. Games. It's like
0: ten bucks a game or something like that. That's not bad. 10 Yeah, 15, 12 bucks, and so that's like,
2: so it's like uh, so you get the, you get uh, Bioshock the Division one uh Bioshock 2 and Bioshock Infinite with all the DLC. So what's it's also that PS4 um, yes, I think it's on it's on PC, PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. Um I got Xbox One because um, that's where I spend most of my time uh when I'm not playing Nintendo stuff. Um I think back as well I like, if if you bought it on if you had the original games on Steam um you got the upgrades for free as well. Someone yeah. told me, so maybe. yes yeah, that's uh, That's. I'm not much of a PC person, so hopefully it's.
1: It's weird when it's not a collection lying.
2: too, and <laughs> just, uh, Yeah. Um. So yeah, so I've worked my way through them this week, which is equally bad and good in the sense I've actually fixed, fixated on something and done it, but also neglected everything else in my. Um, yeah, my I know. That. <laughs> it's absorbing. Uh, absorbing. So. Uh, i played through Fireshot one um and that was pretty great to go back to um i, I still think that andrew ryan um is probably one of the, the best villains uh, oh, so me.
0: great go, thinking about it again like, just he was so well presented what,
2: but what i forgot was like are any of you star trek people do you have you watched star trek over the years some no. i've watched the movies
1: uh, yeah i, I i'm I, i've watched like good chunk of the next generation and voyager like that's all. Oh, that's okay. it so, so i have so
2: something like... if i narrow it down to deep space nine has anybody seen deep space nine
1: uh a few i've episodes. seen like two or three episodes yeah,
2: same. yeah. Do, do you know like the main ferengi in that the guy with like the big ears yeah and pretty much on the side of his head that's yep. the guy that plays andrew ryan R- same voice <laughs> same voice and voice actor, and yeah, actually, also it's, did, it's, uh... it's
0: funny. Uh, like I see, I saw someone playing Mass Effect, and I forget the, the woman's name, but uh, like it's one of the the first people that they you get introduced to, one of the villains, uh, one of the antagonists. She's like the voice of um, a commander in Star Trek. <laughs> I thought that was great too. Oh, like, no. there's all these cross references with, with these games.
2: It's just weird to, I mean, also, so the guy that did Andrew Ryan and is also the Ferengi in Deep Space Nine, um, he also according to IMDB, which must be true, obviously. Of course. Uh, nice. he, he voices Dr. Nefarious in uh, Ratchet & Clank.
0: <laughs> nice! Oh. <laughs> now I know the voice. Okay, great. That's he's,
2: awesome. So uh, uh, so he's gone around a bit. Um, obviously brilliant, but, um, yes. but yes, I mean, Perfectly to go back played. and um, I remember playing the first Bioshock and a demo came out, I think. And I, back then I was kind of on PS3 a bit more. Um, and and I was like oh wow is this you know pretty great not really kind of you know knowing that I wanted to buy it at that point but not really knowing what it was going to become or, or you know in entirety yeah but it, it's probably one of my you know if I look back at the games I've played throughout my life probably one that, that you know has had a bit uh, in terms of narrative and games probably a big impact so it's great to go back to that and Play that um I don't want to take too much time going up because it's something that everyone's probably experienced still great um I haven't played but, it yet <laughs> Really? Oh, you should. Oh my god, they're great. See, I don't even—I don't even, even spoiled it or anything. You have
1: to—you have to play through Bioshock. Like, like I don't need. Like, uh, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to sound like a dork here, but I know like the main twist in the game revolves around the words oh. we'll do kindly," but I don't know what that oh, means. I'm going to—I'm yeah. going to edit
0: that out, man. You can't just <laughs> drop that spoiler. That's a huge one.
1: It's I, not a spoiler because I have no idea what it means. It is a spoiler. It's <laughs> a um, massive one. I, think it, I have no it, context for it. I know you don't, it, but
0: you know. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna blame I mean, a warning at that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um
2: but the the oh, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about Bioshock anymore because I, I I think it, it's a game that obviously everyone listening to this is primarily interested in RPGs. Um and I guess in some ways Bioshock has some RPG mechanics. I mean, fun fact,
0: uh, Bioshock um, was the first preview I did for the site back in when we launched what? in two thousand six. So <laughs>
1: It's about, one of those. It's one of those games we waffled on covering.
0: <laughs> yeah, was, it, like, that's the is thing. It, like it, it had. I mean, it was. It's. It's the spiritual successor to System Shock. So that makes Ken Levine. Yeah. All. So it made some sense at the time to cover that. I think I covered that and Hellgate London. <laughs> those two games. Oh, I
2: it. I don't yeah. know what Hellgate London is.
0: It was from the creator of Diablo. Uh, that was like his their, oh, their, 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 like first follow up since he left the studio. So like that was it came back uh, very recently, I think. Uh, like it it went away, came back, went away, came back. But I think it's like a free to play game. I think it still exists. But Bioshock definitely is one of those games that like you know it's tangential if anything. Uh, but yeah. you know I think it's still it's still even all these years later i mean obviously the remastered they did a great job there but um it's still great i have not played infinite but i love 1 and 2 like those games oh, are so got... good
2: um so so i've i played through bioshock 1 again um i got all the cuz um what i really like about bioshock well, collectively so this is kind of talking about all three games is they do these things called audio diaries, which you kind of find... and their achievements tied to... One and stuff of the first ones inspired ones, but... a
0: lot of games that came after. So, <laughs>
2: um, But basically, they're like kind of... Well, they're called audio diaries, but um, which kind of gives it away. But it's kind of like one character kind of uh, recording like a basically a memo, I guess, to themselves. And you can go around kind of picking them up, and, and some of them are Andrew Ryan and some of the main characters. But a lot of them are the people that lived in Rapture, which is the city beneath the sea um and it, i don't know i just kind of feel in in games you know the narrative is strong the world building is strong and and it just had a, a big impact on me and going back to it was just such a something i kind of felt like i needed to do i guess yeah. when i saw it was so cheap i was like yeah i've got oh yeah this is this is the this is the moment to go back and play that I mean, um, I mean, so I mean, then i got yeah. so addicted i played bioshock 2 <laughs> oh.
0: <Well, laughs> before we move and on I, uh did you choose the good or bad ending for one uh, I did well. I was doing the achievements, so
2: I had to play the whole. Talking about oh, difficulties off. with games, <laughs> I had to play the whole game on um, hard, and I had to turn off the uh, Vita chambers or Vita chambers. Yes, Vita. Um So basically, <laughs> I couldn't respawn, so I had to keep manually saving and, and checkpointing myself rather than relying on those.
0: That's a little. So I agree, yeah,
2: and I got. I think I ended up with a by the end of it I got like a thousand G. So and I got the kind of full bulk of them uh, there's a few more to hunt out but I moved on to um, bio 2 well, I won't take too much time talking about it but um, I kind of felt like Bioshock 2 in, in kind of uh, was a chance to revisit rapture this will beneath the sea I, I kind of felt um it, it's a much it's a much similar game you know obviously a different storyline yeah, the first one
0: yeah
2: but yeah different developer um, but certainly for me the world building was still there I felt like it really um, helped flesh out uh, Rapture as a place, so um, those two were, were pretty great. Um, I've completed that one as well <laughs> um, with a thousand G. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm now on Bioshock Infinite, so that, that's where I'm currently. Um, I'm working my way through the collectible guide, playing through that. I'm about I'd say probably about a th- a third of the way through it, maybe. But basically, what I the way that I do this to squeeze it and everything else I do is I kind of do a couple of areas um, of because it's all broken down as collectible guide into separate kind of chapters but there's no real specific breakdown in the actual game. Um, but there are kind of different areas that you move between and it's, I think Bioshock Infinite's more linear. Um, Bioshock 1 was the one that was a bit more open and yeah. Bioshock 2 was equally linear. Um, so yeah, so I'm kind of chipping away at that kind of doing a couple of areas a day. So I'll probably finish that by next weekend or something but um it the trilogy the kind of three three games in the collection i think are they're they're light on rpg mechanics you upgrade weapons um the kind of plasma powers you have um but but certainly i think you know you can't really go wrong for 15 pounds for those three games um going back to bioshock infinite though i think at the time it it left more of an impression on me than it is now it, it it's very good cinematically but I don't find it's holding my attention as much as as the original game did, which has surprised me. Going back to it, um, but that's what I've been playing. So yeah. I'll, I'll let someone else uh, well, have a go on the uh, what they've got, what they've been playing.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm curious if we're ever get like news about whatever Ken Levine's working on next, because I know that was it sometime last year they rebranded as Ghost Story Games, and they don't have anything. They haven't announced anything about what they're working on. But it's apparently a pretty mm-hmm. small studio, uh, at least maybe, maybe at the beginning. As you know, like they can grow significantly by just a bunch of hired help. But hopefully we I I think – wasn't it like not long ago there was news about not just Bioshock 4, but that's clearly going to be a different studio, I imagine – but maybe another project that Ken's working on. I'm not too sure.
1: Remind me, does, uh, what was the name? Irrational, like, still exist in any form?
0: That's what I just said, yeah. Irrational Games is now Ghost Story Games.
1: Oh, what, what's the what's the yeah. studio that Ken Levine works at now? It's, it's not, it that's, wasn't that's, Irrational anymore, No, that's, right?
0: that's exactly it. That's, it's the Ghost, uh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, I, for
1: some, it's some reason, weird. I was thinking, like, there are two separate things. Like, he left to some other studio and Irrational changed. But oh, no, 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 I might, no, no. I might yeah, be, be conflating the two. It's still so.
0: under, it's, it's that, uh, Obviously, the rights to Bioshock belong to a different company, but like, 2K. Uh, yeah, 2K, 2K yeah. Yeah. but Irrational Games, I think, was under Take-Two, uh, like, it's, it, they, they're they still underneath them, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, Ken Levine still heads Irrational Games, but like, that studio shut down, kind of, quasi did, uh, became like a skeleton crew, and then they just rebranded as Ghost Story Games, that's, I think that's what really happened there. Um I'm not 100% sure up on that but the, I wanted to kind of transition to the game that I've been playing then before I obviously James uh you've been playing a lot more than I have but uh I've been playing Wolfenstein which is great. Uh, it's actually so people who don't know it's which by one? the one that came out a few years ago.
2: The, is it the new the new order or
0: Yeah, the new order, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I skipped yeah. Uh, actually so uh, <laughs> disclosure actually i accidentally uh played old blood first because i was i was <laughs> confused because i didn't know what the order was... was uh yeah uh which was bad because old blood apparently is not good uh it's not that great uh, especially in comparison to new order which is the actual full game that came out a few years ago the big one um old blood is the prequel that came after that it was like a, a separate expansion pack kind of thing and uh yep. it starts off with the stealth section and it was awful like i hated it i got <laughs> stuck on it and i like i kept dying in these random parts like there's this like there's this auto schooling area basically where you're in the side of a ship uh, on a uh, on this little like boat that flows down a channel with these flying drones attacking you and these soldiers on either side like shooting down on you it was miserable um but is that,
2: is that, i kind of feel like you've had the opposite effect on me i kind of want to play it <laughs>
0: now Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, it's. Oh, <laughs> but I mean, I. I don't know if I'll go. I'll actually play it. Uh, because I just had to skip over it. But I wanted to mention, you know, uh, I should have known Wolfenstein was going to be great because I. I remember I forgot that Machine Games who developed uh, Wolfenstein the new ones. They are made up of the key people behind Starbreeze who made Chronicles of Riddick and the Darkness. Uh, So, like, it's the same exact team. Like, all the team that worked on those games worked on Wolfenstein. So, like, I wasn't expecting, like, uh, I was kind of blown away by how story driven. Uh, these games are like it's like it's like a war drama it's very very good like the performances are great uh with the acting and all uh the graphics it looks it still looks incredible i mean it's only a few years old so that makes some sense uh but like it was like shocking there's some very like emotional moments in that game i was not expecting and some really crazy crazy moments i know uh alex you played uh, wolfenstein as well you beat it uh, but yeah. there's this particular moment in the game that I was shocked that they had in there uh, you know what I'm talking about of course but yeah it's it's I, it's,
2: think, it's, um, I think so. yeah, yeah no it's <laughs>
0: it's the moment that you wouldn't expect to be in a video game basically uh, yeah. so I was I was shocked about that uh, so I, I did beat new order and I actually yeah I forgot I was like it came out in 2014. I didn't realize how old it was uh, but then of course you remember that Wolfenstein 2 came out uh, just last year last, last year yeah year last year yeah. so i beat wolfenstein 1 which is uh, good that i waited uh, until now to play it i guess because it leaves on a cliffhanger which leads right into wolfenstein 2 so i didn't have to worry about like this mm. weird lord of the Rings style like waiting multiple years before i can watch the next movie yeah. uh i remember when i first saw lord of the Rings, just as a side um i waited after the credits thinking Ooh. that it would continue because i was only like uh, like 11 at the time so i was uh <laughs> i was ignorant but um It it actually does this thing where like, uh, so I have Wolfenstein New Order on PC and I have Wolfenstein 2 on the PS4. There's no import save function, uh, but the cool thing is, is that they actually incorporate a very significant decision you have to make in the first game into two by just having you kind of relive that moment for a hot second so i thought that was a very smart way to do things without having to you know bump people out that didn't remember to do that it's kind of mass effect when they did that like here's your decision make those decisions uh if you can't if you're on a different platform so uh yeah just loving those games so far wolfenstein one and two so far has been pretty great um only a few hours into the second one but i highly highly recommend playing wolfenstein one though because like i said I was so surprised how there's so much story. And when the credits roll, they play like this very this gorgeous – like the soundtrack is already amazing, uh, way better than I think even Doom was. And I beat that game a couple weeks ago. Um, obviously, they're kind of different styles, obviously. But uh, Wolfenstein One soundtrack was very uh, – like it was like a rush of emotions. Uh, and, and the credits music that plays is also pretty damn good. So people want to know what I'm talking about. All you have to do is listen to like the menu music for Wolfenstein, uh, the New Order, and then the credits music that plays. They're so drastically different. It tells you the whole story that you need to know. Um, I heard the credits music for
1: the second Wolfenstein is really good.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to see. I'm trying <laughs> to get through this. My plan is that once I'm done playing I, I, through these Wolfenstein games, is that I actually have a big plan to start doing way more indie coverage. Uh, me and James talked about that on the podcast last week. so that's Just that's, to clarify,
1: I was being facetious. I heard the second Wolfenstein credits music is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> really terrible. <laughs> oh, okay, well, so, I'll find out for myself. Um, let
3: me put it this way for you, uh, Zach. It's very similar to how bad the credits music was for Neo.
0: I'm okay with that because that's also like, you know, seeing like Castlevania Symphony tonight, and its music was bad, when I thought it was unironically awesome. <laughs> like, I actually loved it. So, I thought Neo's credits music was great as well, for its own, just because how bizarre it was. So, if that's the case, I'm totally down with that.
3: Uh, okay. Um,
0: so, let's move in, uh, James, uh, now that we're into that. Adam, you mentioned you didn't play anything uh, other than more Last Remnant, I saw, but yes. Uh, yeah, I'm playing
1: The Last Remnant again, which I've already talked about, and yeah. I love this game, so I'm just playing it because I can.
0: Yeah, let's not give like anything else on you plate at this moment. Uh, so, nope. James, uh, I saw that you finally wrapped up Umineko after talking about it for the last few weeks. Um, what yep. are your final thoughts on that?
3: Well, I definitely do not want to spoil the um, ending to Umineko. And honestly, the uh, funny thing about Umineko is is that when you start the game, what the story is is very different from what the story becomes at the end. Won't say much more than that, but very, very good visual novel. Um, yeah, probably my favorite story in a video game ever at this point. Mm. So,
0: Big claim. Read yeah. it.
3: Well, yeah, um, read it. But God, it, it is such a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> like 100 hours long or something more than that.
0: It's a visual oh. novel for you, so that makes sense.
3: Well, I mean, it's legitimately one of the longest visual novels out there, which makes it funny that the next game I've been playing is Move Love. uh, After I finished up Umineko, I decided to have a Twitter poll for, hey, so what's the next game I should play? And Move Love won, and that's also a long visual novel, so I've just started that. I already know what the twist is going to be, as pretty much everyone does at this point. Something kind of wears on its shoulder since Love Love Alternative is a thing. On haven't quite... Well,
0: just... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> um, honestly, I mean, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so, whatever
0: phrase. I couldn't help it. Sorry. I'm like, yeah. I, don't
1: know, I don't know anything about these games, but I'm going to assume it has something to do with an alternate universe. Like
3: uh, any... kind of oh. i guess i'll just say it because Muvlove. love it's already kind of obvious what the uh twist is because Muvlove love alternative is a thing well
0: uh so, people people don't want to spoil i mean, yeah. had about 30 seconds
3: i literally know nothing about the games i'm just going by the
1: titles like okay, clearly there's so, some sort of alternate universe i, I <laughs> um, still haven't
0: gotten
2: over the fact it's called
3: Muvlove. love yeah and i don't, m- much
2: love
0: Move movie love
2: oh i, I get okay. oh okay that makes sense
3: yeah. okay um love, love um, is split into three different stories: Muv Love Extra, Muv Love Unlimited, and Muv Love Alternative. Muv Love right. Extra, at least at the start, seems like it's a traditional um, dating sim kind of visual novel. It's very lighthearted, there's a lot of jokes to it, and it doesn't take itself seriously. Um, Muv Love Unlimited starts off basically immediately throwing all of that out because the uh, protagonist from of love extra wakes up in an alternate universe where basically aliens have invaded earth and, and there's a war between humanity and these aliens. And then alternative goes on from there and I'm not going to say anything about that.
0: Yeah. Let's try to keep that stuff to a minimum. Cause like, that's the thing about these games they are so significantly long that even a small spoiler can like speed like 50 hours of game of, of reading uh, is all kind of packed into that little bit there. I mean, it's cool that also you get a lot of those visual novels that are starting to be brought over to the Nintendo Switch. For example, like in Japan, there's a ton of them coming to the Switch now. It's like that is oh, man. the Vita replacement now for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm
3: so glad for that too, because I still love my Vita. I've been reading through Move Love on my Vita. It's a nice system for visual novels, but. The switch really is the perfect platform for those because it's a nice big screen, but it's also portable. So if you wanted to, you can like read them in bed a bit, like at, like normal people read books.
0: <laughs> normal people, <laughs> whatever.
2: There was, um, oh, I think it was this week, but is it twenty sixty four?
0: Read. Read only yeah. memories that came out yes on the switch.
2: Yeah is is that
3: a visual like what kind of game is that is that yeah a yeah novel, it's, it's that like, like it's like a, snatcher it's kind of a visual yeah. novel it's I want to say. It's, it's more like something like valhalla
1: it's like a
0: it's like an adventure game actually it's like i mentioned it's like Snatcher, so it's a mixture of like like reading visual novel but it's like a sega cd style adventure game is what the it's about there's right, like okay. some puzzle solving some point and click stuff so it's a it's a bit of a mix yeah
2: because it, it's good to see all these kind of games coming out, but a lot of them are like, I've heard of that, but I'm not quite sure what it is.
0: <laughs> it's all and right. Then I, I kind mean, of Valhalla being also... I think Valhalla is actually coming to the Switch too, if I'm not mistaken. It probably yeah. will. I think, it, I think there yeah. was an announcement on ago, which is yeah, a I game can... I still need to play, by the way. But yeah, yeah I think exactly. I've been confused. Yeah. Can kind of talk. I think
2: that's been confirmed. Yeah. That's yeah. Coming. I'm not not sure when, but.
0: Um, Come on, Nintendo Insider, tell me all you know, know about this yeah. news. I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm rapidly
2: googling it right now.
0: <laughs> oh man, He's,
2: um, out of knowledge. T- talking, talking of uh, news though. Have you ever had breaking news happen while you're recording a podcast? Yes, yes. Yeah,
0: Kwame too. Announcement oh. that actually happened a long ago during our podcast. Um, we've talked about stuff immediately. Like we wait, we, we actually uh, like one point. I think we delayed a podcast just because of people not being available, and it was a good idea because there was like a big event with a bunch of news. I think there was actually maybe I don't know if there was like a Persona Five thing or something, but there was there was a lot of news. Uh, there was also like a impromptu direct, if I'm not mistaken, at one point too. Yeah,
3: I think oh. that that one podcast where we had where there was the persona event was also the same podcast where there was the accused of news. So we just had a bunch of news in that one podcast to talk about. Yeah, it was a
0: lot of stuff, a lot of news, but yeah, it's, uh, that's one of the great things waiting until the weekend to do a podcast because obviously uh, a lot of that stuff gets out of the way during the week. So it helps us. Well, Zach, it. it's happened
1: again. Oh, yeah. What? I mean, he, he wouldn't have brought it He wouldn't have brought it up if something didn't just get announced. What <laughs> happened? What's up, man? Tell me.
2: Well, so it, it's not a big surprise, <laughs> but um, the Pokemon Company has revealed Mega Kangaskhan and Mega. Oh, I can never say this one. Gyarados, no, Gyarados,
0: Gyarados,
2: Gyarados, something like that. Uh, they're they're in uh, the new Pokemon game. Let's, Let's go. go what does
0: Mega Gyarados look like? Because <laughs> it's already kind of crazy looking. So. It's so. Like, it looks it like a it's trip. not the
2: same. It's just bigger, isn't it?
0: What's <laughs> up, Mega Gyarados?
2: Um, it was on the. Uh, they do like uh, a variety show on the morning. in Talk again. A variety show in the morning on Sundays in Japan. And it was <clears> shown <throat> on there. And they've just. It even... happened earlier on, but I thought it was probably the wrong moment to be like, ha ha.
1: Did they? I know they. I saw like a couple of maybe a couple of weeks ago. They officially announced Mega's being in the Lego games. Was that like officially announced or just like leaked somehow? Uh,
2: that that was official because it was uh, uh, a a promotional trailer. It was in Corico oh, um... comic. Whoa! I'm a watching From it right Karakara.
0: now. That's I like um, Mega getting kind of has got like, has like a son. <laughs> with them. That's, Yeah, that's pretty great. But it's like
2: because... Because Kangaskhan usually has like a little mini Kangas in it, it's, like yeah, its kang- yeah. like a kangaroo. But, he but when it goes like Mega Kangas Con, it just pops out
1: and goes hi. <laughs> they fight and then, out. Uh, All the moves like he like swings. Oh, so is
2: know.
1: it like is it like canonically true that like a Cubone is like a Kangas that didn't grow up or like doesn't have a mom or something? That that
2: is the rumor. Oh, <laughs> I'm that's not sure. right. there's a, a pictorial yeah.
1: stance on it, but. Um...
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward the to the. thing about um, oh, sorry, is it Mar- Marowak has the the bone on its head?
0: Yes, that's yeah, the like, bone, uh, like the bones of its mother or something yeah.
3: like that.
2: It's a bit,
0: it's just, that's kind of messed
2: there up is the so skull. many
0: like if
2: if you want to like look into something, really, this is probably an article idea for me. But if you go the the good thing about the Pokemon games is they release like usually two guidebooks. One is usually like the game, like where the items are, how to beat the gym leaders, or you know, kind of usual tip stuff. And the second book is a Pokédex book. And some of the entries in there are the darkest things that you'll ever read. In, I mean, this is like a a child-friendly Nintendo game. But some of it is just intensely dark that, like, even an adult would be like,
1: that is just wrong. Like, <laughs> I don't um, remember where it's from, but you see this float around Twitter sometimes, where, like, the balloon Pokémon, like, in one yeah, of the games uh, is like, it just uh, carries
2: floating uh, away just sometimes. <laughs> uh, wait, there's... I've got one off the top of my head, and I'm just going to try and find the... Uh...
0: I will say, I hope uh, there's a you... Mega Genghis Khan Amiibo. would be pretty adorable.
2: <laughs> yeah, I kinda, I, I'm kind i wondering what they're going to do... Because they haven't done any real Pokemon Amiibo yet. I think maybe they're going to do... This is purely speculation, but I think they're more likely to do kind of Amiibo cards for Pokemon.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's more like it.
2: Uh, yeah, you're talking about uh, Drifblim.
0: Yeah, um, Drifblim.
2: Which... Uh, Pokemon description, it carries people and Pokemon when it flies, but since it only drifts, it can end up anywhere. So, is
1: it? What well, I think it changes are. from version to version, but I thought there was a version like it carries children away.
0: Oh yeah, the
2: balloon. Yeah. Uh,
1: I think that was like um,
0: yeah, well, the, that is it. That was yeah. the balloon. Yeah, that's, it carries them away. That's true.
2: Uh, yeah. So, there was, uh, so in Pokemon Sun, the Pokedex entry was changed from that one to there was once an instant in which a man took a trip riding a Drifblim, only to go missing. That's like <laughs> what? So if you watch, if anybody's watched an episode of the uh, Pokemon anime, yes, like you know Ash going up to a to a Pokemon that he's never seen, holding his Pokedex up. Imagine hearing that as the first thing that the Pokedex is telling you, like a driftlim once carried someone somewhere and then the man went missing.
0: It's like go Just away. <laughs>
3: Wasn't there like one episode of the anime where there's literally in the background a kid like holding on to a drift loon walking around?
0: Oh, no, that was some. I posted that on our Twitter and someone debunked that saying that that was just that wasn't actually the actual Pokemon, it was like a a, just a balloon, an actual balloon. How can you tell
3: the difference?
0: Uh, it's it's because and it then, doesn't uh, have like it, it was it wasn't and I, I think it's also because they got tamed or something like that like it's I, I I forget what the actual response was but it's not it's not what you have to be concerned about it was nothing someone because so it got sped around. If if you thought that Pokemon Sun sounded dark, po- Pokemon Ultra Sun
2: came out and they changed it again too. There's a rumor that if you catch a drift bin floating on the wind at dusk, which is a very specific, very, very kind of time of day to be catching a poker uh, you'll be carried away to the afterlife yes
1: I think that's right. <laughs> I
3: was like, you
2: know. <laughs> I'm like someone sits in a room and goes right guys we'll localize the pokedex and they come across that in Japanese and go right okay um, yeah let's keep that in for the uh, you know for the, the, the localized version <laughs> I just I don't know so yeah I'm gonna have to do an article I think about just kind of getting some of the darkest there's probably a, a couple out there already but yeah just, yeah
0: Oh, and and I I just I just looked it up. Yes, Uh that there was a um. That the Drifloon only has two string limbs, and the one that was shown at three. That was so it was it was an actual balloon, not not a Drifloon. That's still pretty messed up. <laughs> uh, but then again, you don't really see much in that way in Pokemon anyway, where it can get kind of dark. It's like. For we comparing it's like Digimon, where people actually die and and uh, Digimon die as well, like it, if you want something like that, there's alternatives. If you want super dark, but Pokemon yeah, being this bright and cheery kind of show and having this kind of messed up stuff, that is quite the contrast. So, they,
2: they've they've started killing Pokemon in the actual anime, though. That's Just in
0: uh, which one I haven't seen, that um,
2: episode, then. I think it was X, Y, and Z. There's, oh, I've only seen, so um, I don't know why X, Y, and Z. Oh god! What? Oh, it's the big dog. What's it called? They killed a dog. Her, Our uh, guys? It's Her, No, it's Herdier, and then it evolves oh. into God. that's just I don't know the Pokemon. new one.
0: That's many anything um, to pass 150 Pokemon. I don't know any of the other Pokemon. <laughs> honestly, uh, was anyone else
1: frightened as a child when they did that Charmander episode? Yeah. Where like if the flame on his tail goes out. He dies. <laughs> yeah, I do remember being really scared yeah. as
0: a kid because they had to protect it, and the ember was glowing. It was very small, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I remember as a kid being very uh, sad, <laughs> like I was nearly crying. I think I might have been crying as a kid watching that episode. So,
2: so Lily Pup evolves. Lily Pup. it has to be very factual for this podcast. It has to be on the mark. Right. Really Lily Pup evolves into Herdier. and Herdier evolves into Stoutland, which is like a big dog. And uh, yeah, they just killed it off in the- an episode that's so it was like a that's it, it, uh, it lived like under a bridge or something and um ash and another peck on, they went to go and like they found it and they like tried to look after it and at the end of the episode it died and it was just like boy they didn't really, exp- they didn't really explain it and it was just like a bit
0: yeah that's really sad. anyway <laughs>
2: that's
0: <not the> <laughs> this is, is a weird turn our, <laughs> yeah, our, our podcast has <laughs> gone places is what we're saying here. so that's uh so yeah, visual novels on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> Must love, pretty great. That's that's good to see all the all the all the options there. Uh, but let's let's move on then because we've got news to talk about. <laughs> I'm just gonna like cut it off right there and just move into the news because that's what we got to do <laughs> uh, at this point. Uh, so, actually, I'll save this first thing I wrote here for last, because I think that's more like uh, that's like a wrap-up uh, topic we can discuss here. Uh, but sticking with the Nintendo Switch news, Diablo 3, Eternal Collection, that is coming to the Switch. And so, um, this actually is the first time that Diablo 3 has ever been released on the platform, which is kind of surprising, considering uh, the story history. You mean... History.
1: D- you mean- Diablo. So Diablo in no. general, yeah, the series.
0: Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, I guess Diablo 3 can be its own series at this point. There's like, what, two expansions now? Uh, but yeah, Reaper of Souls and Rise of the Necromancer are the two expansion packs that will be included with the base game. It'll all be arriving there. And so uh, the features, uh, aside from the fact that you get to play Diablo on the go, which is something I would I would have loved to have been doing all these years. I mean, I- I'm kind of shocked it ever showed up on a portable platform of any kind um it's i imagine it's just really challenging to do that uh so you can play up to four players on a single switch uh which that's that's something you could do uh they also allow you to link up to four nintendo switch consoles wirelessly if you want uh without any sort of internet connection it's obviously just on the same network you can do that um of course if you want to do online play you can do it through the nintendo switch online service which i imagine uh will go right into play um i think that right now if i'm not i was actually going to kind of briefly mention there's no real release date i don't believe for no it's this, just yeah. fall yeah, yeah fall so i imagine post nintendo switch online launch is probably what they're aiming for anyway uh but it also have cloud safe support for save data and character progress so that's something you could have and aside from that it also receive exclusive nintendo themed additions to the game such as a ganondorf cosmetic armor set a kukopet Echoes of the Mask, Cosmetic Wings, and more. So, who's excited to play Diablo Three on the Switch?
1: Me,
2: I've never played it before. Oh, same here. You're
1: just just to be just to be clear, the the hmm. Reaper of Souls expansion is like an actual expansion. I think like added a chapter to the game. The yes, Necromancer like expansion isn't like it was more just like a class, which is a pretty big addition, like yeah, a class and some skill things. But it didn't like I don't. I'm pretty sure it didn't like change the story stuff. No. Or like content anyways. It was it, like it, it was like a big class edition. Thing.
0: Yeah, and it added it's the one if people may remember it's the one that had like the Diablo 2 stuff to it as well. Like there was like a a, a floor or something like that, and Diablo 3 that you go to, to or an area in the game that you can play some Diablo 2 content. It's not like uh it, it wasn't like the remake people were hoping for, it was just a little thing. Uh, but yeah, it it's uh, I mean I reviewed Diablo 3 when it first came out. Um this was like when the auction house was still <laughs> a thing.
1: 2012 is when it first came out it's been a while
0: yeah it's been a good long time i mean blizzard apparently is working on a new diablo that's supposed to be out sometime next year which there's also like was it a new Torchlight's coming out next year as well so action rpgs isometric action rpgs are back in a big way i guess um but this is it sounds like they're prepping this is sort of like a way to release that forthcoming diablo 4 on all the different platforms so if this does well uh, we're going to see like a massive release for that game, which is kind of exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, clearly you can see from the screenshots, and Alex, I know you shared some shots from that as well. It's that it did like the visuals had to take a hit for that, which is crazy considering it came out in 2012. But that's besides the point. Um, like, and the was it like the frame rate uh, between portable and docked? It's still going to be 60. Is that what you saw? Yeah, it, 60 yeah. in both
1: cases. Just the resolution is higher docked. I think yeah, it's like so I it's... think I think you said it was like
2: 960p or something. Yeah, it's 9, 960p in docked, and then native in handheld, which is 720p,
0: which is you know portable. Whatever, that's fine. Docked being 960p is kind of still kind of weird, considering six years old. But whatever, you know, that's just what you kind of expect from this platform. It's that whatever keeps it at sixty, which is the most important
1: thing. Like yeah, Diablo resolution's not that. To be honest, it's no, really not. You're not gonna miss out. You're so, not going to miss out on that. So,
2: really. if you played it before, is it kind of like one of those kind of uh, action RPGs where if I took like an Xbox controller comparison, a be easier. Um, you're moving around with the sticks, using triggers, and then you kind of have ac- kind of action buttons for A, B, X, Y. Is I mean, I, I played it or?
1: last Christmas, and yeah. I don't actually remember exactly how it works. Um, it's pretty. It's it, I guess I guess that points. It's pretty intuitive that like you don't really have to think about it in terms of the controls. I played it on PS4, but... Yeah, I played it on
0: PC, and this was before they added gamepad support at all to the game, so I only have the PC controls as a reference. So, Uh, Adam, obviously, you know. There
2: was this weird thing, because they had um, the press assets, and they do, like, a a fact sheet that kind of summarizes it for people that perhaps, like me, know about it or people that don't know about it. I just need kind of, like, key points about it, uh, the game. Um, but one of them was like you can play it with a single Joy-Con,
0: which I don't,
2: I don't think he really wants to. No, but,
0: that's that's. I mean, those those Joy-Cons are kind of garbage, honestly. Like I'm not a fan at all. Like yeah, I quickly got I, the Pro Controller when I when I got a Switch. Yeah, I,
2: I, I think it depends kind of what. They're well suited to certain games, but there are you know there are specific games like I don't know, say I don't want to play Monster Hunter with with no. those Joy-Con. analog sticks no. um i no. don't want to play xenoblade chronicles um but equally i'm quite happy to play octopath traveler with them because it's more you know there's not much yeah, any kind of high impact used... game like no. like smash or something no fast switch not stuff. great but yeah. I, yeah but if it's like a adventure game or something it's fine yeah i mean Alt-Path that's Alt-Path fine
0: it kind of makes me hope that you know. Um, uh, I would like to see a bigger return of these games. though, like bring back Baldur's Gate: Dark Alliance, you know. And, and... I love
2: I love Baldur's Gate. I, <laughs> I if that doesn't come to, that should come to Switch. Cause didn't they do a a remaster kind of port of two?
0: Yeah, one and soon? two. Uh, and they released an actual expansion, uh, a brand new expansion, like a year or two ago. Siege for the of oh, think, Siege of like, Yeah. How did I not
2: bad. know about this? Damn it. I yeah, it was. On that.
0: It was yeah, it. I think it was. People were a little bit mixed on it, but I don't know if it was based on like there was some chat about like the content of that uh, and and the where who was geared towards. But that's besides the point. Like I heard other but, than that, like people actually were pretty high on it. So yeah, that'd be cool. My, my, my favorite is the guy with the hamster. <laughs> Minsk,
2: yes, I, yes, that was in Legend, <laughs> yeah, yes. sorry
3: Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> no, is the Upload
1: was one of those games where like, I played it, the Upload 3, for the first time this Christmas. And that was basically after the uh, Necromancer thing came out. So it's yeah. I believe, basically the same game that the Switch is getting, just without the Nintendo stuff. But I, I played it with my brothers, and there's four of us, uh, over the Christmas break. And it was like being that sort of like cooperative party game. It, it was extremely fun. Yes.
0: Um, it probably
1: would a lot more fun if you have someone to play it with versus, like, playing it, like, a single-player RPG. Um, yes. probably not as... You know, it's 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 a pretty simple game in terms of, like... It's not a complex mechanic or gameplay loop, um, but just, like, the cooperative elements of it, kind of the, the item and loot sharing and things like that, and, you know, whatever else comes with playing cooperatively. Like, it was a really fun game. Like, the story stuff is whatever, um... I have. I've only played it through like once from start to finish. And I know like if you're a real diehard with Diablo, you like go through the different acts over and over and over you again, know. and it like not, gets stronger each time. And not you get, Diablo like, 3, better either. better loot. Um, that's that's I, the biggest problem. I, the I, I I heard that Diablo three didn't do that sort of like second plus playthroughs as well as Diablo two did. Um, but yeah, it was it was extremely fun to play with, uh, like. Co- to play a, as a cooperative RPG. so
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the thing is that um, as someone who spent hundreds of hours in Diablo 2, uh, I reviewed Diablo 3. Uh, I liked it enough to give it the score that I did uh but uh you know looking back on it i don't know if i would have scored it as high because yeah it, the biggest problem is that it's not uh, it's nowhere near as long as diablo 2 uh for talking just the base game of course uh even with the new act i assume it's still pretty short in the grand scheme but playing by yourself yeah it's totally a different experience than playing with others it's definitely a game that you have way more fun with with other people because i've been i've seen plenty of people play together and it just looks like as you said a lot of fun, um, and especially with all the different loot you can get, and all the different perks that happen with it, just from the multiplayer stuff that the content that they added. So and and yeah, for the fact that you can play four people on one switch. Hopefully, not like stupid, you know, like the early Nintendo Switch commercials about four people huddled around a, a one screen inside of a car or something dumb. Uh, well, you uh, know, it's definitely for something. If it's docked like that, it's great that they do that.
1: You know, one thing I'm actually curious about, like playing it cooperatively. I, I imagine most people, especially you know, working adults with jobs, probably can't do this very often. But playing it like with four separate switches, ad hoc, or on the, on the same network or whatever, that would probably be the ideal way to do it because you can yeah. each access your own menu. Because um, when I was playing it on PlayStation Four, we kind of just had to get into a rhythm. Like after every level or whatever, everyone would have to kind of do their their inventory management, right? Yeah, or skill management. So like, it, it, it took like ten, fifteen minutes each time for to, to, to do everyone. So it's kind of like you, you you take breaks. Like, okay, player one, you go through the menu, do all your stuff, sell all your items, but about now? Player two, you do it. Now player three, now player four, and like when you're also when you're picking stuff up in the in during the dungeon and things like that. So actually, being able to have like four different people playing uh on their own Switch units, like. Compare that to the PS4 version, anyways. Local, I'm talking about local multiplayer, like that actually seems like it might be a big advantage.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's like going back. I mean, that's obviously the way it has been for years and years, going back to well, like Online and stuff but... like that. But when you have like four different screens, clearly, let's take a LAN party. You know, it's way better. Yeah. But yeah so Diablo Three Eternal Collection out sometime this fall for the Switch. Like we mentioned, it'll probably be out sometime like in October or November uh, to be ready for the Switch Online launch. Uh, that's what I'm guessing here. I mean, clearly they can launch it now and still get that, but it's they're probably waiting so that they can get money because <laughs> they'll get a share of it. Uh, so there is that. Um, and just a, a couple pi- uh, quick pieces of news here that we've also got. Vesteria Saga, which is uh, from the creator of It's his game that he's been working on, on this tool set that he helped make called SRPG Studio, or Simulation RPG Studio um that'll be out on steam that srpg studio that'll be out on steam in a couple of days here a of people to make their own games and it actually looks pretty fluid it's kind of like rpg maker but the tools are there and vistaria saga looks pretty cool uh like it looks it, way it looks different. like
1: classic final one yeah. yeah
0: yeah people played other versions of it like early versions and apparently it's it's really good and also the later battles get really difficult and so like yeah as you say yeah, it's difficult it's kind of a good time because a uh, Tyrion saga recently got an English fan translation. So, like his stuff, uh, I'm, I'm blank I don't have the name in front of me, but like the the creative fine, like all of his stuff post saga, yeah, post uh, leaving Nintendo, uh, leaving Nintendo Legend Systems um, to do his own thing. All of that stuff is going to be translated at this point uh, with this release, and so that's that's great. And Vistaria saga will be out sometime in 2019. We've got a post up on the site who people want to learn more about that. But yeah, Vistoria Saga, I might poke around with it just to see what it's like, because that, that's kind of neat. You can make your own game like that. Uh, and I'm sure it'll probably, uh, you know, inspire a lot of people to make their own stuff. We might keep an eye on it. Maybe we'll cover some of the games that come from that, because we've definitely covered games from RPG Maker and Game Maker and stuff like that, too. So that makes sense. Also, Let It Die is coming to PC. Uh, apparently, Let It Die has been super successful on, on the PS4, and i played a ton of it myself, so... This is great. Uh, It's apparently still very active. A lot of people still play it. I think a couple months ago, it passed uh, three million players, and so uh, I think that's I think that's the right number. Um, So yeah, it's been great. A lot of collaboration. Let's back up a second. What? Let's back up a
1: second. I have no idea where Let It Die is. Okay, so it is.
0: It. <laughs> yeah, so this is from uh, Suda Fifty One, uh, from the maker of like Shadows of the Damned. It's Killer actually 7. not Suda
3: Fifty One. It's from Grasshopper, I think, but he didn't have anything to do with it.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So yeah, Grasshopper manufacturer, makers of games like Shadows of the Damned and, and Killer Seven and, and games like that. So this is a survival style uh, RPG, kind of like a uh, a roguelike uh, or, or to that effect. And so um, you start off the game, and it's got a great look to it. I love it. So it's free to play. Um, so you start off making your character. Like There's like a bunch of different template characters. You name them. They all have different stats that you build up, you level up, uh, and you can join like a a, a group. Uh, I, I think you join a server basically, and you have to attack other servers if you want to. But the goal, the overall goal of the game is that you're supposed to climb this tower um, that is... I, th- I don't know if it's like 100 floors or way more than that. And as you can imagine, every floor gets progressively more difficult. And all the way it's got like, the, like some of those free-to-play mechanics, like you're um, getting better weapons, uh, you're using gems, and you're getting skill upgrades that can permanently attach to your character, like there are tattoos that you can put on your character. I think you use like, mushrooms to put it towards it. It's, it's, it's very much, even if Suda51 is not working on it, it's very much that type of game. Uh, and like I said, aside from the aesthetic, the gameplay is pretty fun. It's very difficult at times too, uh, especially when you get to the boss battles. Uh, but there's ways to like revive your character on the spot if, uh, if for some reason, if you happen to die at, at some point. But They're all, like, super over-the-top, everything, like, uh, abominations of human flesh and machinery combined together to make a boss character. Like, some guy, like, I think he's, like, covered in razor blades and uh, he's, like, a, a, a moving saw. It's really bizarre. Um but yeah, like I, I, had such a great time with it. Uh, I, it's but de- because of the free to play stuff, like I kind of went away from it uh, because it's 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 definitely about the thing where like you have to kind of wait for cooldowns and stamina stuff. Uh, but if you've got the you know the the ability to play it and you, you your ability levels is, is high enough, you can play large chunks of that game at a time and really climb that ladder. I know people that have played like a hundred level a hundred levels of that hundred floors of it. So uh, you know it's going to be out on PC sometime this fall. Uh, for some reason, my also PS4, free play. My PS4 We're just turned on. And I don't know why. Sorry, <laughs> it just turned on randomly. But yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, it, oh, it's yeah. it's a really good game, but also free to play. So I'd recommend checking it out.
2: I, I'm one of the heathens that uh,
0: downloaded it but never played it. So it's a good time to play. Well, it. I hope all the cl- collaborations. I think they're So there's they've had um, like I mentioned, Gravity Rush. They've had collaborations for that. I think there's other ones that they're currently working on bringing over. I, I can't think on the top of my head, but they've announced other collaborations as well uh, that'll be happening sometime soon. Usually it's with other grasshopper games, but like, I think there was one for like a lollipop chainsaw, if I'm not mistaken, too. So it's pretty great. But the last piece of news, uh, last couple pieces of news, actually, because we got another one to talk about. But the big thing was that Fallout 76 had a big reveal uh, during QuakeCon. And so uh, they kind of, uh, as they promised during E3, they were going to announce way more about what the game's all about. And so uh, some of the, just a bit of the rundown for this. Uh, this is that big multiplayer Fallout game that's coming out later this fall. Um, that that's uh, multiplayer only. While they're working on the next Elder Scrolls, I guess this is what they're promising. So some of the features they talked about. <laughs> It's going to have uh, the same deep character customization system that Fallout 4 had. Uh, where But the difference, of course, that players can change the look at any time. So if they're not happy with how things came out, they can do that. They already discussed this, but the map itself will be four times the size of Fallout 4. And practically every character, except for some NPCs um, and some sh- uh, merchants and things like that, there will be all actual players. So it's kind of like an MMO in that case. But one thing they also did was they... Besides the fact that Special Returns, which is the one where you can put... Uh, you, you build up your stamina and strength in meters and like that. They also said that there's going to be a card-based perk system included with it. So what this is is that... Um, Players will get packs of cards that will drop every two levels with some random, uh, with some random like different cards that you can get. But you can re-roll it at any time, so it's not like you're gambling or anything like that. And here comes the hype train, uh, but <laughs> you can re-roll your cards at any time. So if you're not happy with it, but there are like a bunch of different perks that you can, you can give bonuses to your characters, like different buffs and things like that. Uh, but you can also share those cards with other players in your group. Uh, even if you're like all the way across the map, you still share the perks of that. So that's a pretty neat feature. Uh, mutations also make a return, but they can also be made permanent later in the game. So like, you know, that's the stuff where like you can make yourself so you can blow people up real good when you shoot them. So that's all available from there. Besides that, they also addressed PVP. So, uh, you know, they did mention there'll be player versus player features in the game. Uh, But they did say that they wanted to avoid having the situation where, you know, someone's just going around murdering everybody, uh, because that obviously will hurt the uh, people's enjoyment of the game. They said that if you go around straight up just killing people, even if they don't, the other party has no interest in joining in PvP, you'll have a bounty placed in your head, because that's essentially murder you just murder that character so they don't want that uh they did say at least that if you're under the level under level five you cannot be killed so you know just starting things off you don't want to be immediately griefed so that's nice but uh if you happen to be the person that's killed and you come back and kill the person that killed you you get double the reward of whatever the bounty happens to be and of course the bigger the level uh the discrepancy of the level the bigger the reward that you'll get so that's that's a pretty great stuff uh, feature to have there. Uh,
1: people want to engage in that, but finally, uh, that, that, that's probably the one thing that I, I'm not even sure how to put this. Like, I, I'm the most hesitant towards. Hmm. Like when they first announced this game, and like one of the very first things they showed actually was player versus player, and that that was. And I wasn't the only one, but it popped into my head like when you're starting this game. And you're like a level one newbie, not knowing anything. Can people just kill you and take advantage of you? And sure not. yeah, uh, well, I think they, I think they did mention that earlier. Like you had to be a certain level before that happened. But still, it's like once you do reach level five, can you still be easily just taken advantage of by someone who's been playing the game for two months and is level twenty or whatever the highest level is? Like, how does that balance work? Like, I know what some games do. Um, they like have certain regions, like. If you're in this part of the map, you can be killed. If you're in this part of the map, it's like a safe zone or whatever. It's like, like that, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's that, that's probably the one thing that I'm most hesitant towards. Like, how exactly is this player versus player incorporation into this MMO going to work? So I mean, like, it's, it's right. The answer is right there, though,
0: uh, because obviously, um, if it's just one well, player, I mean, I
1: guess not, not not like what? bullet points. This is how it works, but like just how like no, how it, well.
0: So, Does but no, the, no, I'm, I'm saying, that, so the answer is pretty much right there in that. So obviously if it's just one player going around shooting people up, uh, you can have your party group gain up on them, but also because they've got a bounty on their heads, that'll be, uh, alerted to everybody nearby. So they'll come along and try to collect that bounty. So that'll stop that person from doing that again. I mean, you clearly you'll respawn and everything and you'll, and you'll have your stuff. I imagine it'll be just like fallout, um, without the auto save, I guess you're not going back to some checkpoint. Um, so there's that, uh, but I imagine, you know, with anything, like with anything, this is their first venture into this, uh, they'll have, they'll, they'll continue to, um, you know, analyze if this is being effective or not. Whether to turn that stuff off, have like some sort of invulnerability mode, kind of like Grand Theft Auto Five does, where like if you want to just play with your friends and not worry about that at all, you can shut that off completely and not engage in PvP whatsoever. Uh, though in GTA Five Online, you actually impact some of the stuff you can engage with, like some of the features have to be public server only. But I don't know what what the situation with that is. But yeah, yeah, I totally get that understanding, and I would hate that too for that to happen to me, especially level twenty. Maybe they'll balance the servers. But that actually goes into the next point here about how they're going to be able to manage that. Because they also announced that this will be, skipping over Steam, Fallout 76 is going to be an exclusive on their Bethesda launcher service. Now, as far as I know, I think Fallout Shelter was the only other game that was on there. And that was, of course, uh, not, not a big game, of course, but also that came to Steam eventually anyway. Uh, so yeah. if they want to do this, I was thinking about this. Like, there's things that they have to keep in mind if they want to be able to pull off something like this because for one thing like just thinking about the things that they have to be able to accomplish with this launch it's that they have to have the network infrastructure there uh to be in place with things like you know service stability multi-region support because it's going to come out in different places lobbies parties Like mean, if i'm not mistaken i think steamworks already has all those features although i'm pretty sure m- many devs don't actually rely on that they use their own tools but that's something to keep in mind it's also got to have a really good anti cheat system because this seems like a kind of game that can be exploited to hell and so they'll probably need to worry about that people hacking i mean you're talking about pvp what if that person has like wall hacks or ways to like uh, super have a super overpowered weapon using like you know cheat engine or something dumb like that so that's something got to worry about um they also got to have mods. Uh, so Todd Howard mentioned this during QuakeCon, but that they're 100% committed to having mods in Fallout 76, which is crazy considering this is an online-only game. Um, but it's got to be better presented than Steam Workshop does. So, uh, but they did say at least that mods won't come until after launch because they have to sort of, you know, of course, adjust to having yeah. so many people playing it. Um, and you know, considering this is Bethesda's big game of the year, I imagine there'll be a lot of people playing this game. Uh, so that'll be kind of nuts. But, yeah, above all, I think it just needs to be where, you know, playing together with your friends need to be as painless as possible. Because on Steam, you know, you just go to your friends list, right-click their name, hit Join Game. Like, and and EA's origin service for Battlefield, you have your own, like, little friend, like, you had your party system set up. Kind of like, you know, PS4's Party Chat, where, like, you're in a group, you always join the game together. Anytime you launch a game, so it needs to be as good as that. Uh, like uh, Fallout Shelter, of course, doesn't need anything like that because it's a single-player game. But that needs that needs to be done well. But uh, you know, and of course, without having to go through another party, uh, Bethesda may have a, a far better time delivering fast and comprehensive updates and patches because they don't have to worry about Steam, you know, approving their patches and things like that. Kind of like you know, people who self-publish, they don't have to go through another party; they just put out that things immediately. Uh, that's also uh, kind of a benefit of some people on Steam. It's like they can push these updates very quickly to address any problems that people have to face. When this is a proprietary service, they can like knock that stuff off right away. So, hopefully.
2: Has, um, has Bethesda done, it, done any other kind of live game other than Elder Scrolls Online? Is this no. the second one? Or-
0: no, and that's not even like main Bethesda, if I'm not mistaken. It's like it's another they're getting help from another studio or something like that, I think that uh, if i'm not mistaken i,
2: I just think it's um they're kind of rolling the dice slightly like i think a lot of people are excited for this but i'm kind of slightly apprehensive whether it's going to be pu- they can pull it off or not yeah. um yeah. because like even the map size like one of the big things with fallout for me was that i was just walking around for ages and there was just nothing i just felt very <laughs> desolate and I was like, I get that, like, it's Fallout. It, is a, it literally is There's a waste It's a wasteland. Yeah. I get I get it, but um, equally, I, I guess this is why I gravitate more towards Elder Scrolls than Fallout. I, I feel like the world has a bit more life to it, yeah. whereas Fallout has more death. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean... <laughs> Oh,
0: and and, and I, I wanted to clarify my earlier comments is that, yes, yeah, so Elder Scrolls Online is ZeniMax Online Studios. This is Bethesda Game Studios, the makers of Fallout and Elder Scrolls. So they're sec- actually working yeah. on this, yeah. Okay. So it's technically a I mean, different I, group. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm interested enough to pick it up.
2: Um, I, I don't know if they talked about cross-platform, if it's no, like it's, Xbox uh, and PC or anything.
0: They but... said So they said they would like for it to happen, but there's some challenges, and they're almost certainly saying Sony uh because (laughs) sony did the smart thing so sony of course had like that big uh grief about you know minecraft coming to xbox and switch and they had that commercial of course to promote that sony Mm -hmm. just made a comment on it and didn't say anything further uh and since then it seems like that's been swept under the rug and so they actually did the smart thing sadly uh where now it's they're no longer getting all people upset about it so uh and Todd has talked about that too, uh, I think around E3, where he said that, you know, as much as he would like for this to happen, uh, he's upset that Sony isn't being cooperative about it, so go for it. Uh, most recently,
3: uh, for the yeah. Elder Scrolls, like, I Hearthstone clone, yeah, yeah. Legends, Legends, yeah, they said that it's not going to come to any platforms, it doesn't enable cross-play, so mm-hmm. it feels like... Bethesda's definitely kind of pushing back still on that. So a lot of
0: pressure. Yeah, I I mean, if if the more companies like Bethesda and ZeniMax, like massive, massive studios, push back on Sony regarding that, like the more it's going to be on them to do it. Maybe we'll see a change with PS5, but at this point, I don't think they're going to do anything regarding that. At this point, like Sony's pretty much, you know, dragged their feet in the butt regarding it, and it's really upsetting that they're not doing anything. It just, when I was playing, like, for example, like, I'm starting to appreciate more and more about what Microsoft's doing uh, lately. I, I've talked about this before, and I don't mean to be, like, bringing up, like, f- uh, console wars or anything like that, but I just appreciate the fact that Microsoft has really made some significant changes on their front, like, their attitude regarding a lot of this stuff, and even the console itself, like, uh, CD, you've got an Xbox One, so you can kind of relate with me on this one, but, like, they've hmm. made some pretty significant changes to the way everything's presented, like, Taking screenshots yeah. and video is no longer a huge headache anymore. Like, it's also two buttons like the PS4 is. Like, the way you can easily, like... I love the achievement uh, uh, the achievement tracker, where you can have, like, yep. a little thing at the bottom of the... Any quadrant of the screen, really. And it'll tell you how close you are. I'm sure you use... Actually, yeah, you probably use this for Bioshock, but, like, you yeah. can track your progress <laughs> to uh, get in all the achievements. And I think the coolest thing was, like... Uh, uh, so I was playing Doom on, on Xbox One. It's that... Whenever you got an achievement that was rare, it had, like, a special, like, uh, t- uh, like a, a little, uh, like... A diamond. A diamond, yeah. yeah. yeah it played, a, like, a little chime, a, a nice chime, and then it told you how rare it was. Like, these are really nice player uh, interface features. And, you know, PS4 is about to have its big 6.00 update. Like, I, I, d- I don't think it's entered beta yet. I think it's still... Like, it has just- entered beta. Oh, okay. So it's entered beta. But, yeah. Like, so far, it- I don't know if there's any... They're not really saying anything about any changes that are made. <laughs> But it's it's it makes me appreciate what Microsoft's doing because the Hubis doesn't get the most of them, and they're willing to do cross platform despite you know their environment. It's weird when Sony can say that you know we want to protect our players. You know about the host- like the way ho- how online play can be hostile. It's like does that mean Microsoft's not doing anything? Because clearly they're you know really. Focused on that as well. Like, there have historically been about that. Clearly, you know, there's been really toxic uh, online communities, especially with, like, you know, Call of Duty and stuff like that. But it's so weird to see these arguments. And, like, Fallout 76 could be a game that could be even more massive if you have cross platform play. But they're you know, everything's being kind of like shut off as a result of this. Like I'd love to have be able to take my account from one system to the next. People who are playing Fortnite, of course, that's like a big thing for them, that they can't enjoy it, uh, because they can't take their account to a different system. So they're not gonna play it on a on a PS four. So that's I just think that's like one of the biggest problems that it's facing right now. And Fallout seventy six is gonna be like the real big test of whether Sony can endure uh, these complaints. But, you know, once again, I-
3: Fortnite was probably the biggest test, though, to be honest.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's cool. weird, though, because that issue, um, you know, obviously the kind of thing of like, hey, all my stuff's locked to my Sony account and I can't get it on Switch or whatever. Yeah. Um, that happened before on on Xbox, I think. Like, So it was the same situation on Xbox. Um, and I think they must have corrected it or something. But back, you know, rewinding time way before e3 or whatever if you had your account on xbox it was all locked there and I, I don't know if this, the same thing happened but because for some reason it wasn't high publicity um as, as much as switch caused, no one really cares um but but i agree though. i mean for me like this generation has been the, the strangest generation that i've um been through i've i've had the awful uh wii u to um, kind of try (laughs) to cover as best I could that then went into Switch, which has been a big, big turnabout. Um, Sony's obviously done really well. They're up to 80 odd million PS4s, but I I feel like Microsoft have had their kind of PS3 gen, something that started pretty badly, but they've managed to kind of turn around into uh, an end positive. And it's all been, from their perspective, to set them up for the next Xbox. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, we all know that Xbox One X now is the most powerful console ever, or whatever slogan they're using. Yeah, but, but all of it has just been to kind of position themselves now. I mean, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next year. None of us do. Like, right? yeah, I, I mean, we, we kind of speculate that. I, well, I will speculate myself um, that um, Microsoft is going to wait this time, let Sony go first, and announce what they're doing with PS, I presume five. Um, and then come after that, which I, I presume will make, allow them position themselves with better, even if slightly better specs than the, the PS Five, um, to to not have that looming over them. Because all I remember from early PS Four years was like how Xbox One was trounced for a lot of the policies, the ridiculous, stupid things they did, but also the fact that the the console was weaker, and you know, a lot of the kind of technical analysis was how poor Xbox One was. I mean, it's um, it's still gonna have uh, the problem
0: like with the PS4. Like, I know the problem is that they just don't have the first party content that people want. Like, yeah. a lot of their games are multi platform. That's easy to see, and it's it's still at this point it's like hard to see necessarily like what they have on the horizon. I mean, for its Horizon Four, by the way. is like, I'm excited for that. Uh, but yep. they have, you know, there's another gear. is like, we kind of knew that. There's, you know, potentially other series that might come back from the dead. Like, maybe, maybe another fable or something. But, like, yeah. that's... It's something where, like, uh, they're going to have that big problem, but they can work on it. They could potentially fix that. And,
1: and well, we saw problems. at E3 that they, 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 they bought have basically acquired various studios to be their first-party studios. Now, this is, like we're still early game, like, we don't know what these studios are really making yet, but... Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they, they seem to have acknowledged the first-party problem. I mean, <laughs> Ninja so, Theory yeah. was big for them, because that's, you know, that's... Yeah, that's that was a how... big one. I, I still
2: need to play... I've, I bought um, Hellblade, but I haven't... Another game I haven't played through that I, I probably should...
0: I heard it's amazing, so I need to play it, too. Like, yeah. it addresses yeah. a lot of these... Uh, play it with a good pair of headphones.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I've... I started playing it on PS4. I got it on PS4, and, um... The the thing I like about both Xbox One and PS4 is you can kind of just. I always thought it was just a headset port, but you can just plug in your like headphones into the port and just use yeah. that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's I that's do nice. have a he-
3: headset, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I will, it, yeah, I mean, I will it, say one it, thing about Microsoft. I have an Xbox, like an Xbox One, but for me, like, I just I don't use it. I I mean, yeah. maybe it's because I play on PC a lot, but I don't really see a reason. To get Microsoft's next generation console considering that all their first party releases are also releasing on PC now. That's that's yeah, that's
0: the um, argument right there.
2: Yeah, I think that to me, and again guesswork, I think the drought at the moment with their first party is because they're now pushing everything for the next Xbox. Like yeah, even really? a project that say it started off Xbox One bit of filler yeah. is now kind of going on to that. And like, As- stuff like Halo, which it's probably going to be on the time. next one
0: yeah it i it's probably yeah.
2: a cross gen game or something as well so yeah
0: uh, <laughs> i mean i would i would say i i think the speculation is that the next halo is going to be on the next xbox platform because they kind of see, sort of announced it during E3 the next xbox system uh and they said they actually said systems so um there's also yeah. rumor going around like there's going to be another xbox that's going to be a super cheap one uh, but it's i guess a we'll find it's out the like
2: streaming device yeah yeah. It's, I mean, yeah yeah i mean i <laughs> Do you remember on on live? Do you remember that little device? <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to. Sorry, <laughs>
0: I got like a old, I got like a like a cell phone like a tag thing I, I still got from on live when I went to E three all those years ago. But Jesus Christ! But, but,
2: remember but PlayStation? PlayStation uh, now? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, I was about to say so like,
2: I've though. I've tried I've tried PlayStation Now out and I I just didn't, I didn't think well, it
1: was good enough. I think I think there's an important Point is that actually there's a rumor
0: enough. going around like there's reports that uh you'll be able to soon download those games to your system not stream them so you i, I think it's it's kind of like that playstation plus oh, you right. can download so it like into a, your system and like play PSP it go. yeah 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 <laughs> PSP go i'm way ahead of its time PSP go uh but yeah i, I mean i love that thing but yeah it's, it's still pretty awesome i mean clearly like sony's not going to hurt next gen uh, i just think that someone needs to put them in their place because if they're going to be concerned about the online environment for their games Nintendo's open to it, and they're like the most family-friendly company (laughs) around, so it's weird that they're the ones that are like, you know, no, we're fine, we're hanging with Minecraft people, that's cool.
2: I I think that's the next road bump, though, for, um, if you have, do you have road bumps in America? That's a bit of a weird question. Uh, Yeah, 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 we do. I I mean, it's... I've never seen them. Speed bumps are usually what we call them. Yeah, that's that's true. yeah. That's the right. That's think, the
0: right way I should have said. Well, a long, long ago, it was like what Sony was saying. Like you know, like we don't see Switch as competitor because that's like the handheld space. We don't see that as competition or something. That was earlier this year, and I think they said they didn't have no interest in releasing a new handheld because they don't see it as, uh, you know, profitable anymore or something. Like they, they, they made all these crazy comments about other companies without looking within. Yes, they passed 80 million. They recently passed 500 million uh, PlayStation systems sold. In fact, um. But you know, it, it's still, and and everyone's gonna like argue back and say like, well, they don't have to change anything. They're great. They have all the games. They have all the features that you would want. Um I, 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 just, I hate the UI though. Yeah, I I think it's 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 still bloat, bad, especially bloat. when you go to notifications. Shitty. I hate yeah, that. Yeah, it's just
2: it's so slow. It's awful. Right? So um, but equally, switches. You know, I kind of feel like <laughs> it's because it's
0: bare bones. Japanese
2: companies, wise like Sony. I like, I just find the UI they they just haven't really invested much in actually just um, the use, user interface for the PS4. There's new stuff being added to it, but it just bloats it rather than improves it. Yeah. Then you got Switch, which has been out for a year and a half, and I like the minimalist. Sense to it in the sense you just have your rare games that you've been recently playing. And Everything that, else that is on time. your
0: phone. You got to have next to you. Yeah, yeah that's also yeah. kind of messed up. But, and not yeah, you know my, like Xbox One hasn't always, been great either, but you know it's it's been it's a lot better than it used to be, and it could be a lot uh, better, or, but still, yeah,
2: yeah. It's just it's just weird though, like all these different companies how they go through a phase of um uh, having less success and then having to climb, and then becoming a bit complacent, and then Because like saying to me, like PS3 ended up doing pretty well, but it was a bit of a tough road for them.
0: Oh, they Uh, outsold the Xbox 360, so that uh, that yeah, but they ended up
2: on a high. Yeah, Um, Xbox I feel has been on a tough Xbox One has been on a tough start, but is on a good uphill climb and doing better now. But equally, it's never gonna. I mean, must have. I think it sold just below forty million, which isn't great. And then Nintendo is doing okay, but they're not going to hit their twenty million. I'll get this year i don't think so it's, it's just weird yeah games. i mean it, microsoft's
0: uh, going to continue to have those problems until it figures out its first party content problem that's still a huge issue for them a huge forward for them as you said it might go to the next xbox but are people going to wait that long at this point um it's weird because people are demanding all their xbox games to go to pc and now that they are everyone's like well thank you now you can left in the dust it's so bizarre but the backwards compatibility stuff is also gigantic like if that if sony put that type of service on their playstation 4 like a backwards compatibility thing where i can play my ps2 and ps1 games even my ps3 stuff like i would i would totally change my tune about that yeah because that's huge that's huge i mean
1: i still have my ps2 connected just because like there are still some ps2 games i haven't played yet and like that's the way you have to play them. So yeah, I guess they're waiting for I remasters mean, Besides, like emulation, but yeah, it's, uh,
2: it's the same for N- I mean, the thing with Nintendo is with Switch is that they've now gone from disc-based system to a, a, a small cartridge. There's no disc drive to be able to have any kind of back compat to, to slot in say GameCube yeah. disc or a Wii disc. <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah. who knows what's going to happen with that? Like you know, I mean, there are a lot. Nintendo's output, I think, to a lot of people is the kind of one that people want to dive into from both a first and third party perspective. You know, you want to dive back into stuff like Chrono Trigger on SNES, which I haven't played. Um, <laughs> oh, that's on record now. Damn yeah, it. I mean, I, uh, I would
0: say, like, until. Um... Crap, I lost my train of thought, but I was, I was, I was going to say, like, you know. We're on um... a
2: tangent
0: anyway.
1: No, it, about, yeah. it's. We'll
0: I think all I think out. it's like until until like Nintendo. If Nintendo's gonna, yeah, I, I remember what I was gonna say is that if Nintendo's gonna go around shutting down all these ROM sites uh, for infringing on their copyrights, which they're well within their power to do, I totally get that. I mean, there's a billion ways to get ROMs. Like what, who's who's searching out on Google for a site for to download ROMs? You don't do that. That's why it doesn't matter if these sites get <laughs> shut down. At the same yeah. time, though, if if they're gonna replace that with a service, like what has been rumored um that allow you to like like subscribe uh, use a subscription like a netflix style to download these games like xbox got games Pass which i think is a huge a great deal where it's like you like spend five bucks a month you get access to like games as soon as they get released like sony doesn't have anything like that playstation now is garbage in comparison like xbox game pass is like you download the game to your uh your account and you play it and you know they do rotations that's a great, great service, and it only came out early this year. And I, that's like it's underrated how significant that is. When you get like, for Horizon Four, for example, coming out in October, you get that day one through their service. Mm-hmm. They've got like you don't have anything with that even in PlayStation Plus. PlayStation Plus—they're taking away games. Like by next spring, you're going to have only two PS4 games, nothing else. They took away the PS3 and Vita options. That's that's going to happen. Vita is going to go completely gone. It's because they're going to stop allowing you to sell physical games. I mean, digital still happen, but Sony's pretty much putting the nail in the coffin at that point. So, like, if so, and Sony needs to work more on its infrastructure, because right now they're taking away options. Kinda of like they did on the PS3, they took away, you know, like the the other OS stuff, so you couldn't install Linux. You know, like they were taking away all these features. Even got into PlayStation Wall as Home, a yeah.
2: Oh, PlayStation it's, Home,
0: so so, so, good. so
1: good. PlayStation Home, <laughs>
0: yeah. PlayStation <laughs> Home. I don't know, man. You might be uh, alone on that one. <laughs> but that was that was about all. This avatar bring back. In, I mean, I guess Microsoft's working on bringing back their avatar stuff as well. So. It-
2: the best part about PlayStation Home was that um, whenever there was an E3, they recreated their booth, yes,
0: and you could right. go around watching the trailers.
2: That was actually—I actually thought I was quite clever.
0: It was very soft get, carpeting. Like, get that.
2: exclusive like uh, Avatar stuff for your
0: uh, if you watched everything. That was the same like for Microsoft. I got like a Master Chief helmet for playing Halo. So yeah, and, and like a <laughs> look at those Limbo creatures uh, along with me too. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's stuff that they can really work on, and I hope that they take that in consideration because like Microsoft is doing some great things uh, with their service. Like I said, still they have a lot to improve on, especially like I said, first party stuff. Nintendo's doing great. Like uh, they're riding their high that they are. They're selling massive amount of consoles. There, as, as far as I can tell, I think they're outpacing the PS4 at this point in, in its life cycle. Um, I doubt it'll sell more than the PS4, honestly, because you know people can still find games elsewhere. But we'll, hopefully, they'll you know continue to bring some some good stuff there. So hopefully, they'll prove me wrong. Um, yeah, let's wrap things up then. There's another piece of news about Valve launching Steam TV, but apparently that was
1: preemptive. Uh, that was premature. Yeah. That was supposed. They basically to put up. out a statement on yeah. on that that stream that showed up, which was like, how do you pronounce it? Do you actually just pronounce it Dota? Yeah, it's Dota. Dota 2. Dota. I don't know if you. I didn't know if you said Dota or D O T A. Like, what's no? Anyway. It's Dota. Yeah, but Dota two. Like, it, it was. It went live for a bit, but I guess it wasn't supposed to yet. So. No, it was. They accidentally
0: flipped the switch too early, but that's supposed to be ready in time for the international. But yeah, Steam launched its own uh, Twitch competitor service called Steam TV, which they already have Steam broadcasting, um, but it's kind of garbage. <laughs> uh, it's not very well implemented. Um, Steam TV, at least for the bit of time that I got to mess around with it, it's kind of like a, a native app. Kind of like when, you know, you jump on Discord through a website. Uh, It's got Friends List Incorporated. You can have group chats. Uh, Voice chat was already embedded once you allow the service. I think that was only good with Chrome, though. I tried on Firefox, and it didn't work at all. So it was way better done. And, yeah, you can stream directly from a game on Steam uh, to that service. Kind of like you do Steam Broadcasting. So it's a lot better that way. But clearly, yeah, too early. Hopefully it will be out in a few days when the international starts on the 20th. But we'll have to wait and see. So let's wrap things up here, uh, this crazy podcast that we had. Uh, so to let you guys know where you can find us, you can always find us on RPGSite.net. You can find us on Twitter at RPGsite. Site, our Facebook page facebookcom rpgsitenet our YouTube channel youtubecom rpgsitenet You can always subscribe to us on iTunes, your favorite podcast app. To search for TetraCast, please leave a review. It'd be nice for us. You can also find us a permanent link is disc, uh, for discord. If you want to chat with us is discord.me slash RPG site. Uh, we changed our Monster Hunter channel where now it's become one unified channel for people who want to talk about Monster Hunter a world a Monster Hunter, Hunter, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter. Hunter. What's the, what's the game? Generation. Monster Hunter
1: Generations Ultimate. Generations Ultimate.
0: Generations Ultimate. It's really hard to track that game. Uh, Double the Cross. Yeah, Double Cross. Uh, but yeah, we have a one unified channel. People want to... We're playing the demo right now. Of course, the game will launch next week. So if you want to chat with everybody else on that, uh, it, we have one big channel for people who want to group up. And finally, we'd like to share where you can find us on Twitter. So where they, can they find you, James?
3: You can find me at the suite, at T-H-E-S-W-W-E-E-T.
0: Where can they find you, Adam? K-I-N-G underscore S-E-D-A. Thank you. Where can they find you, CD? (laughs) Uh, At CD87, my
2: birth year. Um, And also my website is at Nintendo INS.
0: INS. And Nintendo Insight, of course, is the the full website there. Well, yeah. Definitely check it out. It's an awesome site. We love you. Uh, So, uh, yeah, and I'm Zach. You can find me at Zach Reese. So that's it. For this August 18th, 2018 edition of the TetraCast. Thank you, James, Adam, and Alex for being a part of this. Thank you all out there for listening. But yes, catch us next week for yet another edition of the ranting show that is TetraCast. Bye, everyone. Bye.